Yes. Hello, and welcome to episode 82 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, Fervor Noise, the man, the myth, the sewer person, Alessandro Bales. Say hello. I just want to be rich enough to own a boat called Biatch. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw that, and I like watched it with Dominic, and I was like, oh my god, did you see the name of the boat? And he's like, no, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I did that thing where I tapped Kim's shoulder like repeatedly, and then pointed at the screen. Yeah, I basically did the same thing. <laughs> On this week's episode, many superhero musings, including the Dark Knight trilogy returning to IMAX, movie marathon runs, endgame anticipation, and the MCU standings coming out of phase one. That, along with other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, us. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Well, first, uh, I didn't know we were starting starting, so I actually have to open this and pour it. All right, sir. All right. Do it uh, live. I didn't I like know it. you did that already? Yeah, I, well, you know I have to prepare my beer now beforehand, lest I get destroyed and the beer go all over my desk. Well, I'm still getting used to the fact that you have like the opening pre-recorded, you know? Um, And also, you did the start with much more preamble than we normally do. (laughs) That's true. Um, And... Also, we should do, before we get into this beer, quick reminder, if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode, we have a new show on the Spin Tune Network. It's the Spin Tune Sports Show. It's about New York sports. It's going to be great. Yes, the audio is pretty rough on the first episode. We're going to have new episodes with better audio soon, though. Like, really soon. Like, probably several days after this one comes out. It just can only get better. In addition to the fact that we're still going to put another this episode and probably the next one still on SoundCloud... But we're moving off SoundCloud. So make sure you find our stuff on iTunes or whichever Literally app you listen everywhere to. else. Check out our <laughs> website, <laughs> flicksinasix.spintune.com, to find out all the millions of sites that we're on. Or just go on iTunes or Google Play or whichever pl- thing you like to use. Look at it. S- subscribe to the new feed because it's not going to be the same as the old feed. I found out that I found that out the hard way. Uh, that depends. A lot of feeds reference the iTunes mirror, and that won't change. So okay. most people won't have to worry about it. I know Google Podcasts; it didn't autograph automatically migrate it. Yeah. So yeah, that's just want to say it so people don't get, they won't realize they're missing it. I won't get started on that service. It works for me um, because it plays podcasts. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's okay. What are you drinking? Four Noses Brewing Company's Pump Action Imperial Pumpkin Ale. It's eleven noses. Now, if you've been with us in recent episodes you'll realize that we still have a couple of pumpkin beers left over from the pumpkin beer tasting this is our second to last one to get out of the way yes it's weird that we're doing it at the end of march and on 8 31 18 <laughs> fuck it it doesn't matter it's, i mean this is gonna be strong so it's not gonna matter probably aged well uh it's pumpkin pie autumn spices amber malt there's a number four <laughs> that's about it oh wait no sorry the other side another number four alcohol percentage 7.7 percent by volume it's only got 12 IBUs. Unfortunately, it's only got 12 ounces as well. Yeah, um, doesn't come in pints. Let us take a sip of this before we talk about the delightful camp. Cheers, sir. Ooh, new sound effect. Mm. Oh, yeah. This isn't the one you hate. Oh, no, it certainly isn't. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I knew. You didn't have to tell me. I could tell you. It's not the that one was a That was a riveting game of Russian, Russian roulette. Uh, we're done now. I know which <laughs> beer it is, and I'm throwing it away. <laughs> this is problematic, though, because... We are literally out of beers. We have like <laughs> one beer left and it's going to be a couple of weeks before I see you. We'll make it work. And I don't have, well, I have one or two to bring you or to exchange with you or whatever. Sounds like you have one or two to exchange with me, but I have to go pick up more beer for us. Um, more of the, just give me more of this. This is. Oh. I know this. This is truly a delight. This must have been, was this one of the ones we drank late in the tasting? Yes. This yeah. is one of the ones where we got down to the point where we were playing Jackbox TV and there's only 
you, me, my brother, sometimes, and Michael Warren drinking the beers left. Yeah. Well, well Michael Warren had a great line about <laughs> the beer we were drinking. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of, we only have to do two more, and then we could drink what we want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate, though, that him and even you begrudgingly... We got it done. We had yeah. to finish. I mean, I was pretty close to falling off the chair, but I, I know. But you I did knew I did that it. it was important that we finish, and I, I appreciate that level of commitment. Man, does this beer smell good? Oh yeah, it smells. Holy lord! It smells like pumpkin pie. It's the closest thing by aroma and the way it sits on the palate to the uh, Traveler, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the the pumpkin shandy. Yeah, without Jack without, Jack without being like over the top sweet. Yes. Oh man, this is this is number one. This is this is number one for pumpkin beers. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I still. Still a Jacko Traveler guy, I but I think this might be my my numero uno. It's really damn good. I mean, it's also been a while, so I'm not sick of them at the moment. So I'll have to. And it's strong, that. and you like can't really tell. Like, like you can tell, but not in the. This got that burning alcohol. Yeah. Tell it's in that. Mm, this is too delicious. It's probably gonna hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's talk briefly about the can. I like the spicing in this too. Like this, the spicing is perfect. The can is amazing. Yeah, it's solid orange background. It's got an older gentleman wearing flannel and a flannel cap, and he's got a shotgun and he's firing autumn like leaves. A drunk pumpkins. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, firing a cornucopia of pumpkins <laughs> and and autumn leaves out of his shotgun his pump action shotgun i like to is, think that he's shooting pumpkins at the leaves as if it was skeet shooting oh i assume that he loaded it up with like oh, yeah uh, you're right shot but <laughs> shot is leaves and entire pumpkins i believe first of all those are entire pumpkins yeah this is a i by all accounts this must be a giant man mounted of a man Mount, look at that hand that one yeah. hand the perspective is way off but that way hand off. is gigantic um, that hand looks a little deformed um gonna be honest it you know what it reminds me of is the hand of the the mutant guy from 300 yeah yeah it also makes the uh the one that he's holding closer to his face look like his strong hand (laughs) (laughs) yeah well the problem is yes because it's way smaller but it's also the one that's proportionally correct Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 100 percent 100 this is that great good al you nailed it today great can art great beer i mean what more do you need? Up out of ten. Oh, this is a two thumbs up beer. It might even be three thumbs, man. Whoa! I will. Whoa! This is a family show. <laughs> I will add my thumb. To your <laughs> okay, two thumbs. okay, that works. That's. That works. Or you can go. You can go with the um, <laughs> the Bruce Almighty when he he's got seven fingers behind his back and he picks ah, up his hand so and he's got good. seven fingers on his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love me some Jim Carrey. You know it. You do. Nicely done. Shall we get into this? Please. First, oh, so the Dark Knight trilogy is returning to IMAX. And is, it really? is, it, is it really? It is. Unfortunately, it is in select theaters, and the one in New York is already sold out. So I was talking to Chris about this. Um, for those of you who don't know, Chris was with us when we went to our first marathon of the Dark it was, Knight. It was just you, me, Kim, and Chris, right? And Tim? I don't know Tim. <laughs> there was also a Tim. I don't believe you. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But anyway, we were all there. <laughs> And uh, and Chris and I were talking like this is like one of those things where you see a marathon movie like this and you're like, wow, I will never, I'll probably never do that again. And, I don't regret uh, it. It's no, that's I was gonna say I don't regret it for that one. It for <laughs> you know how I feel about our Lord of the Rings watching, but for this, well, one, you also I have to remember that to that again. was like still another movie's worth of movies because mm-hmm. we were watching the extended versions, weren't we? Or yeah. were we watching the theatrical version? It was the it was the extended versions. Yeah, so that was what like 10 hours of movie and this was only like six and a half to seven hours of movie so yeah probably seven hours out of that 
with me wanting to watch them again. Um, though, like I said, it's been a couple years, and I'm starting to think, oh, I'd like to watch it again. So we'll see. I mean, that's happens. been what six years, five years? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Four, four years at most. What? Four years at most. Uh, I don't know. It's it's in that four or five years. I was living in Hoboken at the time. You so were what? I was living in Hoboken at the time, so it checks out. It tracks four to five yeah, years. Yeah, but that's like, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that was, with oh my God, that, I still, when I think about that, I, I'll think about watching the movie again and then I'll think about that and I'll go, ah, not yet. I've watched each of them several times. Since you're, then, so. you're a psychopath. The Dark Knight, on the other hand, I would easily go see those three again. I, I enjoy, really enjoyed my time there. We had, we had some, we had breaks in between. A guy came in yeah. and did trivia with us. That was oh, right. I forgot about the trivia. Fun. We went out to the parking lot and we had sandwiches. The, the thing is, it was great. No, not we didn't we didn't go out for sandwiches during. We didn't. No, no, it was during one of the breaks. Mm, no, I think we had the sandwiches right before the first one. Oh, that's a possibility. Um, Definitely. So I think I got there as the night went late on. from work because I came all the way mm. from. Was I in Albany at that time or was I in White Plains? I came from work. I remember, and I drove all the way down, and I was supposed to meet you guys like half an hour earlier than I did, but the traffic was so bad. I like was like you were like, come on, we want to eat. Like the movie starts in like half an hour, and I was like, yeah. oh god, like I'll be there. Like okay, go out, grab the sandwiches. That's I'll right. meet you in the that's lot. Right. Like I, I found your car, like swooped <laughs> in, and you guys like put it on the back of my like car and we're like eating the sandwich before yeah, I fully right. turned off that's the car right. and got out of it. Oh my God. That was, that was a hell of a night. That, oh, was, yeah. a, that I, was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself. Well, it was, it was so much Batman. Capped by absolute mayhem on either side because there was that coming in and then there was us driving back to your parents' place in Staten Island from New Jersey and it was three in the morning it was like and pouring, it was, it? <laughs> what? Was it pouring or something? It was pouring. Like, <laughs> like torrential great. downpour. Thunder and lightning, and my air conditioning in my car didn't work. My car was on its last legs. Your window's fogging up, and you're like fogging close up. to the wheel, and you're like, I was close to the wheel I I, before I started I wearing contacts. <laughs> it was before I started wearing contacts, and I didn't have my glasses because they had broken. It was right before I got the contacts, finally. Um, and... I, we had to leave the windows cracked open oh and God. was blowing air to keep, like defog the windows, <laughs> like sweating and trying not to get drenched and driving over the fucking Gothels Bridge, which is the narrowest bridge in the history of bridges. Miserable experience. <laughs> Definitely should be like blasting the the theme from uh, the Batman Superman adventures as you were driving. That would have been perfect. Dun 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 dun. And you just drive off the bridge. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's a really high bridge. In glory. <laughs> um, but anyway, I told Chris about this. And Chris, great friend. Chris is a great friend because his immediate reaction was like, I'll go. <laughs> it's like, you, you, you'll go through this with me again. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm sad. I'm sad that we can't do it again. Uh, and also, I I wasn't gonna go to Manhattan for this. The last thing I want to do is travel two hours on either end of it to get oh. into to get into and out of the city. You can just go to hell. Um, I would I would have definitely gone to Jersey Gardens again to that on Access yet, but not oh. going to the city. Anyway, we missed the we missed it. There, it's not one. It's not playing in Jersey, and two. The tickets are already sold out, so that's unfortunate. But if it comes around again, like in another ten years, I'll uh, I'll keep a lookout. Keep a lookout. Okay, for that one. makes sense. We'll, uh, reoccurring. Uh, a little recurring marathon. Speaking of marathons, you sent me that thing where they're offering somebody a thousand dollars to watch all of the MCU. You were already in it. So. I was already in it. I don't under, like. I, and then I read it and I was like, I have to live tweet. That's not gonna work. And then here I am finding myself tweeting after every one that I finish. Well, the thing is, I sent it to you the day after you were li already live tweeting and texting me, and I was nearly blackout drunk when you texted me. And somehow I still managed to come back with a coherent response to you. I think um, I've been out 
with the week later St. Patty's Day celebration, I was out with your sister and one of her friends and a whole bunch of my friends in the Bronx. And you were texting me about Thor. And I think I was like, mm, I should respond to this because there's 0.0% chance I'm going to remember to respond to this later. <laughs> uh, good thing I did. Um, and then I saw later, like, I like... I think when I was in the oh I was because when I was in, like Ubering like back to your sister's apartment and I'm like on Twitter and I see you like live tweeting it and then the next day I saw that thing I think and I sent it to you I was like you're already watching and live tweeting it like this yeah, is perfect <laughs> see if you can get in somebody you're just the- needs to give me the money now that's It'll what I'm great. saying like the question is I, I didn't fully understand the logistics of it or I I assume there's breaks oh I didn't read the story I just saw that it was the thing that you were doing and I was like boom yeah. sold he's not gonna actually do it but I think you'll find it funny that there someone's being paid, going to be paid to do the thing that he's doing. The sick joke is it's leading up and into Endgame. And I yeah. think what would happen is even if you stayed awake for all of it, there's a there, you're at a severe risk of falling asleep. Well, no, there's no the way it can really be in one say. block. There's no way it can be in one block because you'd have to be up for like 48 hours. And because it's not it's only It's three days before you go insane, right? Um, Something like that. But the thing is, so... <laughs> The funny thing is... And I'm crazy about the MCU. Again, weird how these <laughs> things all end up like stacking like back to back. Um, that same Sunday, after you texted me about it, I was driving and listening to an episode of, of Armchair Expert, and it was the one with Nick Kroll. And not that I expect you to remember the specific details of this, but I was going to be in the car for a while, so I was like, perfect, let me put on one of those, because I've listened to all of my podcasts for the week. Um, and I'm listening, and I guess Nick Kroll's a big history buff, so he's asking him about history stuff, and he says, I was just reading this book called Blitzed about drug use in the Third Reich, hmm. and they were going on to talk about how the one of one of the reasons that the Blitzkrieg was so effective and their fighting force was so effective was that, like, basically the entire army, and also a lot of people who weren't in their military— was just on drugs constantly, specifically methamphetamines. So they were all like fucking meth heads, like right. can't feel pain, don't have to sleep. You know what I mean? Which was great for them at the beginning, not so good later on when their brains weren't working straight. <laughs> um, which is all like a long way to take, like, okay, the only way you could do this is if you could do that sort of amount of methamphetamine to stay up Fair for enough. Three, Fair three enough. days worth of movies. Um, and also, it's my brother's birthday this weekend, and I was like, oh, he loves history and learning about World War II shit. Bought him the book and he got it yesterday from Amazon. <laughs> nice, nicely done. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Wow. What would those movies be like on Matt? Um, not great. Yeah. I feel like you might be freaking out the whole time. Uh, almost certainly. Well, especially if you're doing it for 48 straight hours. Yeah, it's just a little. It's a little too much. That being said, my version of marathon in these movies has been working out quite well. And that being said, I just finished before this call. Actually, I just finished phase one. Oh, really? So, with that being said, I do have my current rankings of phase one. Of oh, just phase one. Just phase one. Okay. Coming in at number one. Wait, should I start at the top or the bottom of the list? Start at the bottom, work your way up. Bottom of the list. Coming in at number six, The Incredible Hulk. Man, that's not a good movie. No. It's uh it's about a it's a it's a it's about a five, a five out of ten. Yeah, somewhere in that five, five and a half range, yeah, probably. It's a, little, it's a little rough. Uh coming in at number five, Thor. Okay. Now I didn't I didn't hate it or really dis I actually I, I enjoyed it, but it's Now is this the first time that you sat down and watched that start to finish since I gave you my theory on them running out of money? Uh yeah, yeah. And, and would you concur? They one hundred percent ran out of money. Yeah. Yeah, like similar to that. I think I told you this before, but I watched that ridiculous B movie once. I, for, I forget what it was called. I think it was like Zombies Gone Wild or something absurd like that. But is it like a zombie porn? No, or no, it was like Zombies in Spring Break. Again, was it like zombie porn? Is not every B movie borderline porn? Well, not everyone, but a lot of them, yeah. So yes, and at the end of the movie, like or quote unquote end of the movie, they like are about to like interact with like the up. Uh, a zombie enemy type 
and they just go and that's it. We uh, we have no more money. <laughs> they, they oh, they waved, ma- they Marty Python it. They waved goodbye and they <laughs> rolled credits. Right? Wasn't that the, the Holy Grail where like they ran out of the, I, the money? Yeah, I, don't, just, I don't know. The movie I actually just have ends? to uh, like you you know I have to watch that still. I've never actually seen it all start to finish, but I've seen no. the majority of it, and I'm more or less like consistently like know what's going on with it like i remember some of the good jokes and all that being said they 100 percent ran out of money during thor uh coming in at number four iron man 2 uh way better than i remember it being really yeah i actually really enjoy it and um by the way sorry for the vacuum noises if that's you fine hear. that's fine the vacuum noises the dogs are barking it's fine uh sam rockwell crushes it as a psycho like he's fantastic in that movie and the movie's actually overall it's it's very entertaining i mean the weakest link is whiplash but other than that it's pretty weak uh, other than that the movie's the movie's fine i have i don't really have a, a big problem with it coming in at number three absolutely adoring it this time around was captain america it was a good movie i man i forgot <laughs> it is it is a good movie it's really good the movie's got heart it does the movie's got heart uh what's fun is re-watching it and the effect of Chris Evans on small body Chris Evans <laughs> does not hold up. <laughs> it's, Did you expect it to? I mean, it didn't hold up in real time, so. It, I don't remember it being that bad, but it's almost as, you, you know when you watch one of those funny videos where they cut out someone's head and they put it on top of another body and then like, they move the mouth as if it's like paper mache? That's what yeah, it the, started the South to Park feel method. like. Yeah, it's, it's, it started to feel like that. Uh, but it's fine because overall the movie was is actually fantastic. Coming at number two, can you guess number two with two left? Um, I forget what exactly consisted of phase one at this point, so... It's Iron Man and Avengers are the last two. Oh, uh, I'm gonna guess you're gonna put Avengers below Iron Man. I am not. I I thought going in that that's how this was gonna play out, but... Oh, because the other... I thought... I always thought you had it the other way around, so I thought this was your changes like on no. second like viewing coming back that that's what's gonna be because i thought for a while avengers was your favorite of them no i i i don't know we'll we'll see because right now it's probably gonna hold up for a while but uh i iron man number two avengers number one and iron man is gonna it's gonna stay way up in the list i don't know at what slot exactly but it's gonna stay very high up in the list and so is it uh, so is avengers i have a feeling there's a chance that they might flip around as i start to rate all of them next to each other we'll have mm. to see but right now as it currently stands avengers number one iron man number two captain america number three iron man two at four thor at five and the incredible hulk is not on the list <laughs> That is an unfortunate misstep. Well, the thing is, um, I feel like Hulk has some things going for it, even though it's overall, like, honestly, I would probably, and I think I did when I read you my list, it was last week or the week before, I feel like I had it above Thor, because it was just, it felt consistent start to finish, whereas Thor very obviously isn't, because they ran out of money. Um, So even though I think that if you took, like, the first half of that movie or whatever, that's probably stronger, Mm -hmm. um, it becomes a very different, worse movie in the second half. And I think that a couple of things in the, in the Hulk were like, like measured up above it. So I think it has a little bit of quality above it and it definitely has consistency over it Hmm. um, because I felt like the other one just ran its race and then ran out of like breath before the end. Um, And also I didn't like that Edward Norton ended up getting booted out of that role. I liked him better than Mark Ruffalo. I think it's taken until very recently for them to figure out how to use Mark Ruffalo. Hmm. And also it took a longer time to figure out how to use Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that when you measure up those like aspects of the performance, 
Um, I, I just think the Hulk ends up being more, slightly higher, even though it's still not a very good movie. Mm, I got you. I got you. That being said, uh, I agree with you. They don't know what to do with Chris Hemsworth until Ragnarok. Uh, maybe, maybe I forget. He might you have saw a couple a good scenes in, in Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. Yes. And, but uh, it took until Ragnarok to actually like, no, no, this is what we're doing. But that being said, after watching Avengers and the Incredible Hulk close to each other, I actually... I actually do prefer Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Well, I, I, I think, think again, I, I think twist. it's just I think it's just that he's gotten now almost ten times as much screen time, so it's possible. You're just a lot more used to it. And also, again, yeah. they finally figured it out. By the time it got to Ragnarok, it's fine. They figured him out. They're doing that thing with the character. Sure, fine. Great. Like I'm on board with it. Um, but the problem is, Edward Norton might have been a solid choice with the Incredible Hulk as a movie on its own but as part of the MCU he, he that movie doesn't fit thematically it doesn't fit as far as the way the storytelling goes in like writ large it's just it does not have the same it doesn't feel like it's in the same universe well Edward Norton's a great actor so I wouldn't put anything past him to figure out how to fit with the rest of the cast mm. but the version of him in that movie wouldn't necessarily fit with the rest of the group the way that the kind of cipher version of um the hulk or i guess rather bruce banner did with mark ruffalo in the avengers mm, yeah. i uh I'm, I'm i'm liking i'm liking my mark ruffalo right the now. one thing though is if they had kept with mark edward norton they never would have gone down that horrendously misguided uh scarlet witch not scarlet witch uh black widow um bruce banner thing <laughs> yeah that, that, I, I agree never that worked thing there was zero chemistry no. never understood it they wouldn't have had to do it with edward norton at all so they the only reason they did that with with Mark Ruffalo's because like I don't feel like we have a thing to do with him so we're gonna give him that <laughs> yeah that's it. it was definitely definitely a little odd and unnecessary but anyway that's where that's everything stands currently coming out of phase one I will check back in after phase two well let me get to some of my news and nuggets because a couple that you've brought up so far both of them would have been good segues slash transitions to a couple things that I have so go. I will take this one since we were just talking about Ragnarok and the wonderful work that Taika YTZ does um, and let's talk about some other things that he's done. Namely, have you ever heard of What We Do in the Shadows? I have not. So it was, I think, technically his first feature, okay. like full-length feature movie. And What's it, it was hit What We Do in the Shadows. All right. Um, and it was him and Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. Okay. And it's like a mockumentary about vampires living among us today. Oh and it's like a like horror comedy like type of thing. I'll, it's I'll more look into the daily or rather nightly lives of our vamp of four vampires. A hundred percent. That's so, amazing. and Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi play two of the four <gasps> vampires. Are you okay? lived together for over a hundred years in Staten Island? <laughs> no, but listen, so that's the thing. They made a movie about five years ago. Okay. And now the two of them brought onto FX a brand new show that debuted last night. And that's what you're looking at right now is the show. Okay. Uh, I watched the pilot earlier today because I wanted to bring it up because I thought it would be something you'd be interested in. Yeah. Um, so it's it looks like... Jermaine Clement is the one who's like kind of like the showrunner of this, and I think he wrote and is going to direct most of the episodes of the first season. Yeah, he's top listed as writer and director. But the two of them did the movie together, and Taika Waititi came on as like an executive producer alongside him for the show, and probably contributed some writing uh, and directed the pilot. Um, and I watched it, and yes, it takes the the I think the the first movie I think the movie that they did took place I think in New Zealand because they're both from New Zealand. Okay. Uh, but this one takes place in Staten Island. Yes. I yeah. <laughs> I'm 100 percent going to watch this. Are you kidding me? I this is ridiculous. The, I watched the pilot and it was hysterical. Oh my god. I'm excited. Like not every second of it, but 
I laughed a considerable amount during the course this of watching so it. Absurd. This is absurd. It, it's really absurd. And like the effects are bad, but they're the type of bad <laughs> where it's like you know they're doing it bad on purpose. Because mm-hmm. they show two of them like in a cutaway fighting in the middle of their hall or the hallway of like their mansion. Right. And it they're they're suspended in air like fighting like vampires. <laughs> but it's very clearly them on awkward wires, but they're doing it in such a way that is super <laughs> stiff that makes it look really bad. And there's another one of like like the the girl vampire who uh, uh, Nadia I think is her name was um she's like scaling a building and she's like moving her hands up the building but it's very obvious that she's not actually like touching the building they're just like hoisting her up right you know? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And, like, so all stupid. The, all the gory <laughs> effects. Like, there's one in particular where, like, the two, like, two of them, like, grab this guy and, like, yank him up into a tree. And, like, they're eating him. <laughs> and then, like, just a huge torrent of blood, like, splashes down on someone standing below the tree. That's amazing. And, like, I, they, I absolutely they can, have to watch this. It's the type where they can turn into a bat. Um, and, Perfect. And the, the one guy, every time he does it, goes, bat! And he immediately disappears and turns into <laughs> a tiny bat. <laughs> And there's this That's whole thing so where it's like good. there's like different types of vampires, I guess. And in this one, they're debuting a new type that has been discovered in America, and it's the energy vampire. And it's that guy you know at work who just sucks the energy oh out of. Oh my god! It's incredible. It's perfect. This is fantastic. It, the the pilot was really good, and pilots rarely are. It's I I like laughed hysterically. Like you and Kim have to watch it. it, I'll, it definitely, just, I'll watch an episode of that tonight. That sounds amazing. What we do in the shadows? Yes. Oh my god fantastic good find i'm excited for that so i never had heard of it and i just saw a commercial the other day and i was like i'm like i saw like a quick teaser and i was like eh. and then i saw like a full like trailer then i was like yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this one yeah. um then i watched it and i was like oh i'm so glad i, I actually did <laughs> and then i looked up into the backstory of it uh or no so you know what it was i think there might have been actually something on the ringer so on the ringer or av club or something Ooh. that i saw yesterday the day before and like i got some of that backstory about taika waititi and that's just like okay no i'm 100 percent gonna sit down and watch this now <laughs> and i was like it's it totally like lived we like all, like all the little like dry jokes that you remember from like ragnarok mm-hmm. like it's all like that style like there's right. so many good little like jokes that like it's like mumbled under someone's breath like the you know this show is the rock monster basically yes that's fan- that's all i needed <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's all I want. Yeah, no, I'm it's, it's for that. totally worth it. I'll make, I'll get to, that's amazing. What's uh, What was the other thing? You said there was oh. another potential segue in there. So yeah, you brought up Batman stuff. Yes. And I have Batman stuff. Let us kill a narrative. But this oh. killing narrative is going to be a little different than the ones that we've done in the past. Okay. And it's going to include some reading. Um, Did you hear about this thing with Zack Snyder the other day? Saying that they kill people? Yes. Uh, I did not hear where it came from but i did watch stephen colbert say it and it was really funny when he did it (laughs) okay i'm gonna read you this is off vox.com um but it's a story that's picked up it was originally it was a video that was posted on reddit from some like fan event that he was at okay uh and the story got picked up online uh i'm just gonna start reading you the thing and then we're gonna kill the narrative okay sounds great armed armed with the nefarious kind of energy that compels children to tell other children that there is no such thing as santa claus Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice director Zack Snyder wants fans of Batman and Superman to grow up and know that the characters kill people. Someone says to me, Ben Affleck's Batman killed a guy, Snyder said during a Q&A after a Watchmen screening event, as seen in a video posted to Reddit on March 24th. I'm like, fuck, really? Wake the fuck up. Comic book fans complained to Snyder about the dark tone of his movies, he said, airing frustrations about how those heroes have killed people without any kind of remorse or conscience, especially in Batman vs. Superman. Then he explained how in Watchmen, his 2009 film, 
is all about the gritty reality of superheroes in no uncertain or family-friendly terms. Once you've lost your virginity to this fucking movie, and then you come and say to me something about, like, my superhero wouldn't do that, I'm like, are you serious? I'm, like, down the fucking road on that. It's a cool point of view to be like, my heroes are still innocent, my heroes didn't fucking lie to America, my heroes didn't embezzle money from their corporations, my heroes didn't commit any atrocities. That's cool. But you're living in a fucking dream world. Granted, Snyder has a point. Plunging superhero stories into reality blurs the lines between the no-kill credos of the most enduring and beloved superheroes like Batman and Superman. And even if superheroes are not outright killing people, if you take a realistic view of their powers, they probably cause some life-altering injuries. But the dream world that Snyder is so down on is literally a dream world. One called fiction. There are decades... <laughs> there are decades upon decades of comic books where these characters have existed with a no-kill edict... And Snyder's movies are ostensibly based on them. And in Dreamworld, you're allowed to suspend disbelief and believe your heroes don't kill, don't steal, and are morally good. Batman's no-kill edict may have been an editorial choice, but his decision not to kill is what separates him from the criminals he captures. Batman were cool with killing, then why does Arkham Asylum, the psychiatric prison where all the bad guys go, exist? And not killing people is why it's such a shock when Wonder Woman actually does kill, like when she killed a man named Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman number 219. Killing has always been painted as the last resort for these heroes, not an intrinsic element to their heroism. And since their creation, superheroes, including the ones Snyder has depicted in his movies, have shown that mortality, or sorry, morality and heroism are intertwined. Clearly, Snyder doesn't believe in this, though if you watch his superhero movies, it's not that fans have any reason to think otherwise. Pause. <laughs> the narrative I want to kill is Zack Snyder being a thing associated with these movies anymore. Yes. Oh, the fuck away already. Yep. You made shit movies. You can't reconcile it. Get out. And now you're going to throw a fucking temper tantrum every five minutes about all this stuff. Go away. And you got it wrong. Yeah. Own it. And then again, I decided on this a couple days ago. I wanted to do this because this happened four days ago now. And then so today, I see, today I saw another thing. Like he was like, oh, the Snyder Cut does exist. He quote unquote confirmed that the Snyder Cut exists. Who wants so it? No one wants it. And the people who do, fuck them too. Get the wow. fuck away from this shit already. Yeah. You're, listen, I like 300 as much as the next person. Watchmen was fun, even if it was a bit flawed, whatever. And if you want to do that with those properties, fine, that's great. You took a swing on this, you fucking missed. Mm -hmm. Own it and move on already. The fact that you keep bringing it up, no, no, no. It's not people bringing it up to you. You keep bringing it up. Right. You keep discussing. Shut the fuck up already. <laughs> Al's getting upset. I'm done. This is, uh, outside of the one or two, like, like odd, like, sideways jokes we do about the movies again. I'm not talking about him on this show anymore with these movies. I'm not I'm, talking I'm, about I'm fine with that. Like, we're, it's, like, you can talk about them, and like I'm not going to be mad about it, and I'll engage how I, I'm done. I don't want to talk I, about him I, in these movies. I hear you. I will say, uh, well, other than the fact he's just, he is just, he's just flat out wrong. That's probably the reason why he failed so miserably is he didn't get the character. So there's that. Yeah, and that's uh, the thing that everyone, like, like, like the people who've been able to critically talk about these movies in like an effective way, he just never got them. And that's fine. It happens. But just own it. Be like, oh, you know what? I have this vision of it. It clearly doesn't line up with what everyone else wanted to say. Right. It's too bad. And if you want... In the, in the end, he's the one laughing to the bank with, with all the money he made off them. Like, the movies made a ton of movie... The movies made a ton of money even if they suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's fine. Good for him. He deserved to be compensated because they... But they were bad. Like, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad made a ton of money. It's a bad movie. Objectively, subjectively, critically, however you want to discuss it. It's a bad fucking movie. Made a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with you. And if you, want, if you want your Batman to kill... Sorry, this has already been done. Batman killing people has already been done. It's been done as a comedy. Pete Holmes did it on College Humor. And it was <laughs> amazing. If There's you've not seen Batman killing people, it's amazing. Because no, he thinks they're, they're just asleep. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so good. <laughs> now, there's a way to do it, and that's fine. It's just not the way he did it, you know? No, no it's... Ugh, that's, uh, yeah, get us out of here. Yeah. <laughs> done. I'm, I'm done. You, that, that's the end of my to, rant. That's my end of... The narrative has been killed and buried. I'm done with it. And I really hope he is too. Yeah, that he's he needs to be done. Um, we, yeah, we 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 do need to we need to move on from him and his ties to my my superhero, <laughs> uh, my vigilante. Uh, end game anticipation. Oh, good. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a little note. I know we discussed it briefly the other day about the character posters. Dude, not a freaking hour goes by where there's not some tweet, some news story dropping. Some you mentioned, you called it earlier, the trickle. Yes, they turn the faucet on slightly. The trickle's coming out. And In the next couple of days, they'll turn it again. It'll start to flow. Yeah. And then it'll be an outright torrent leading up to the movie coming and that's, out. And that's probably a good thing that they're doing it this way because if they were, it feels like the faucet, I mean, there's there's a wealth of information out there now. It feels like the faucet is turned on. But if they were to turn it on full blast, it'd be like a fire hose hitting you in the face. <laughs> like, I don't think that I could handle it if I had all the information that I'm going to get between now and the movie come out. If I had it right now, I would lose my goddamn mind because I'm so excited. There was like, I, <laughs> there was a tweet about it being three hours long with a really well delivered out of first forgot who did it i apologize but it was three hours and then a reply tweet to it that said end two minutes and i was just like ah <laughs> like what the, why are you doing this to me yes confirm three hour two minute runtime uh I, I told that to chris and he was like they couldn't trim two minutes and i <laughs> well i mean technically even like that's a lie because that includes the credits which i guess i know there'll be a post-credit scene or two or three or five in there but like still you know what i mean like so technically the runtimes what can be like two hours and like 15 first. minutes or something Make the whole movie a post-credit scene. Do the credits first. <laughs> Make Just the like audience sit tape, like it. every screen screen wipe. There's like yeah. a block of credits <laughs> in it. Like the whole thing is a mid-credit stinger. Like yeah, um, well, with a it's a Marvel movie that is three hours long. You know that credit list is going to be absurd. Uh, it's a, it is insane. If you when you read through those credits, I actually uh, when I see a movie like that, I do try, I I just like read off the names in my head just because I you know it, I feel like it's I pay a little reverence to the folks that made it. I don't know if you want to read all of them. It's like four columns wide and it's impossible. Could you if you worked on the movie and you were watching the credits and you were hoping to find your name in there, you might miss it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's that sucks. Especially when you see like. In some of these things, especially with the VF VFX stuff, like the name of each block, a lot of times ends up being nearly repetitive. So after like the fifteenth time, where it's like thirty seventh unit, like China, like it's like uh, wh which one of those am I supposed to be in? Also, <laughs> which scenes did they do? Like I, I that's what I you know I want to watch a cut of the movie where there's like a little burn in on the bottom of the screen that says which studio is doing the effect, or and then like <laughs> for the entire movie, it's probably just it's just plastered across the whole screen because everybody worked on it. You know, like there's like a guy that works on like Iron Man's shiny elbow like that and that's it he yes, just works on just it. his elbow <laughs> the, uh, it's it is the amount of it blows my mind every time that I see those credits roll the number of people it's not surprising when you think like how amazing these movies are and how incredible they come out it's not surprising but it does blow my mind the number of people involved in making this thing happen it's more and more noticeable now with these ones that are like like the quote unquote cosmic ones, like the like the Captain Marvel, like the mm -hmm. the Avengers, like Infinity War Endgame, like Ragnarok, Guardians, like those they're gigantic, much more so than the ones that are like more terrestrial based, like an Ant Man or something like that. Right, right. It's 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 wise. Although yeah. even that's got the quantum realm and shit now, so mm -hmm. for sure, yeah. You you do notice that it starts to ramp up even more when there's when there's less practical effects, the numbers like grow exponentially. Yeah, I first noticed it in Infinity War. I was like, Jesus, this is a fucking monster of a credits list like yeah it's like a neptune unit <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, jesus how'd they even get them there 
it's absurd. Uh, but this movie, three hours and two minutes. Yes. I, I'm gonna. You're telling. I'm gonna be sweating and on the edge of my seat for t- three hours and two minutes. You know it's gonna be good. You know every minute of the movie's gonna be friggin' great. <laughs> I'm so excited. The pacing was a little off in Infinity War, probably because it was only two and a half hours. Yeah. You had the extra thirty minutes. You could slow things down. You could spread it out. They didn't need to tighten that. They need to loosen. They need to loosen that up. Un- uh, unbuckle that belt like Thanksgiving dinner. We're going yeah, on. <laughs> exactly. You tell me if you tell if if Endgame was a two parter, which you know kind of is Infinity War. If if it was a three parter, I'd be I'd be all for it. Well, do, do, do a play about- style. Do it where like we- they drop both and you have to buy tickets to each of them and see them separately. <laughs> you have to give yourself a break. <laughs> it's like a six hour endeavor. Jeez. Well, I, the one thing is I'll say is. Like, there was some of that conversation that went on with, like, The Hobbit, where it was like, oh, is it going to be one movie? Oh, it's going to be two. Nope, now it's going to be three. Like, like be- sometimes less is more. Uh, yeah, well, when your source material is a, is a small book, <laughs> then you don't need three movies. When your source, source material is a catalog of comics <laughs> crossing over and ten years worth of movies coming down to one final-ish and <laughs> final-esque ending, <laughs> like, it, you know. Final adjacent. Final adjacent four hours. I would. I would. What's the What's the number where you go? Eh. What number do they have to hit where you go? Ah. What for length of the movie? Yeah. For for length of this movie. I don't know. Probably three and a half. That would be the That would be the line. Yeah, because I think that's about as long a movie as I've seen. Like like the long like the longest of the Lord of the Rings like theatrical cut was like 312 or something like that mm, okay and then like extended it was like 345 or something like that like i never sat down and watched all of titanic i forget exactly how long that is but i know it's three hours or so like three and a half at that point like the quality has to be like in cloud atlas is three-ish hours like yeah that one though that's the wildest the pace that the pacing of that movie is a modern marvel because that movie feels like it's two hours long yeah it flows and it's three it hours flows. long and not a second of it feels too long or too short. I just, I'm just so happy that we've reached a point in time where comic book movies are so long that they would be on two VHS tape. <laughs> that makes me, I could picture, I hope they make like a commemorative VHS copy of this so that I could just have the double box of this movie. I haven't even seen it yet. It could easily, like, it could be trash. It, I say easily. It, there's no way the movie's bad, but it I, could be. <laughs> I still don't understand how or why the extended Lord of the Rings. Are Blu-rays are on multiple discs because the whole point of a fucking Blu-ray is that you can put every movie that's ever existed on one of those discs. It's just wasteful. Uh, it's <laughs> they just really wanted you to feel it. I guess so. Like, well, the, what it is 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 harkening back to the exact time you're talking about of having the commemorative double box VHS. It's just excessive. Maybe it's just so that you don't get a blood clot. All I'm saying is you you have to get up. <laughs> you <change> have to- <laughs> All I'm saying is like I understood on DVDs why it happened. On fucking Blu-rays, you could have put all three movies under one, and instead it's six. There was and a, then there's the ones with the bonus content. Like There was a multi-disc 360 or Xbox One game. I think it might have been 360. And when that when I saw yeah, that, I, have, I was I like, have several 360 multi-disc games. But again, that was old school, like standard DVD, not Blu-ray disc. So I, I, I understand so maybe, it. Like, maybe there was the, a, an Xbox One or something. But I remember, I remember, like, so, you know, back in the day on PlayStation, original PlayStation, I had played Final Fantasy IX. It was four discs. It was four really? Yeah, it was a, it was a big it was a big man pajama. Uh, but then when I was you know when the modern console came out and there was a multi disc game, I was like, "Ooh, too rich for my blood." Like I don't think I could do that. <laughs> 
I've already I, lost I enough time on that. I haven't seen any multi discs, and I bought the huge like terabyte like like external hard drive for my mm-hmm. Xbox. So like I just buy it all digital and save it on there now anyway. Um, but I like Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three were multi disc games. Oh, they were on 360. Okay. Um, and I'm sure there were others that were like that as well. But those Was are the, the two one? that I know that I have. The first one. What's wasn't? that? First one wasn't. No. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was. It might have. Oh, it was. I can't remember what the hell the game was. I wish I could. If I do, I'll uh, I'll, I'll follow up with it. But I'm guessing. Know. I'm guessing some of the Elder Scroll games were. I don't think they were. They had to be because those are longer. Oh, those are the I longest had... games like I've ever even heard of. The Witcher is the only one that I know of that's like even possibly longer. The Witcher games might have it too. I had Morrowind and Oblivion, and I'm pretty sure they were single disc. No, I think it's Skyrim. Maybe Skyrim was single disc as well. Was it? Yeah, I had that one too. Mm. Anyway. Uh, regardless, three double VHS version of Endgame. That's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> I mean, at this point, just take, like, I don't know, your Titanic one. I know you had it at one point. Just take Titanic and print out what the cover would look like for Endgame and just put it on there so this way it looks like you have it. Okay. I think I, I, I might, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll make a Kickstarter. <laughs> just... <laughs> It's not gonna go. It's a licensed thing. I I can't do this. <laughs> I mean, but I want to. Realistically, get yourself some sort of conversion machine. Buy the Blu-ray. Burn it for yourself on VHS. What if I make it a three taping? <laughs> One per no, hour for no reason. <laughs> what one per hour and forty one seconds? Per, exactly. And then another, another, a Betamax that is just the last two minutes. Wait, we're not gonna just do the laser disc? No. <laughs> No, but I I showed a I sent a picture of my stack of the MCU. I sent it to Chris and James, and I misunderstood Chris. I thought he was telling me he had this one. Anyway, he thought that I had Age of Ultron on HD DVD. Remember that? <laughs> we talked about it a few weeks ago. And I was like, I, I I was like, no, it's just it's just a red box. Uh, but thanks for pointing that out because it bothers me immensely. Like when I look at the the stack of movies, there's like I I got used to the fact that the 4K boxes are solid black. So now at least at a glance, I have a number of those so I can easily identify my 4K movies. Except for The Incredible Hulk is in a black box. Don't know why. The Grinch is in a green box which makes me want to throw it away. And Age of Ultron is in a red box which makes me want to throw it away. And that's just, I, it's, it's I don't mind special, I don't mind specialized ones with their own color. Yeah, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It clashes with all my other blues. Eh, I like it. You know what really pisses me off? The social network. It, it, it adds some flair. What's that? The social network, I want to light it on fire because it's just in a cardboard box. <laughs> is this again the one with like the one little bit of plastic in the cardboard box? No, no, box? no. That's, that's a DVD. This is <laughs> no, a I know. Blu-ray. This is a Blu-ray. Come on. And it's in a, it's in a friggin', yeah, I'm gonna, I, I know the audience can't see it, but I want, I want you to describe, <laughs> show, uh, explain this to them. Look at this thing. It's just a, it's just straight up cardboard with a slip in it and a, and a bifold. What is this? What is this oh, trash? So it's what? more, car- wait, is that a two disc social network? Well, you know, special editions and all that. Again, why can't this just go on the same disc and just be accessed? From- why are they wasting so much goddamn silicon? Uh, sorry, the right one is not rated. Again, you I, can put I that don't. on as a fucking part of the menu. <laughs> what part of every movie that's on your wall could go onto one disc are they not understanding? Yeah, I, I don't know. I could, they could all easily fit on a single hard drive. I don't, yeah, whatever, whatever. I Okay. We've gone way too far down it's this fine. rabbit hole. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, two tape, end game. That's the dream. Um, Can we get one little bit of character poster talk back yeah, to yeah, the that's, original? That, that's the last note that I have here is the character poster talk and how amazing okay. it is. That and the memes that came along with it. Oh, the memes are great. The Avenge the Fallon, the Jimmy uh, Fallon one. <laughs> so good. <laughs> With just a just a black and white, just and it's him cheesy. smiling that stupid, yeah. like, <laughs> it's, stupid it's, mouth open yeah. smile that he does. 
<laughs> so good. But the Flurkin one, man, that oh, got me. Yeah. The Flurkin one's good. That's knowing your fucking audience. Yeah, that is so good. When when I read the thing, I read the, the title of the article was like, Avengers Endgame posters show who lives and who dies. And I started scrolling through it. And I was like, how does this show who lives and who... Oh! <laughs> yeah, because the first the ones that were listed out on the tweets, at least, were all in color. Yep. And then I was like, what do you mean it shows who lives and dies? Oh, they're all black and white. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I also like characters that weren't involved. Like, we saw Valkyrie. Like, we, we saw characters that we haven't seen in a bit on the posters in bl- black and white or color. And that was that was a lot of fun. Happy Hogan got his own poster. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're goddamn right it. He's responsible for this whole friggin' 10 years worth of amazingness. I know. I just can't believe that of all characters, Happy Hogan's going to play in enough into Endgame that he gets his own character poster. I just can't believe it. Yeah, I'm very excited for going to the theater the night of and those posters just being wall-to-wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I am freaking out. I did not expect to freak out this much about a movie in the same year that a Star Wars movie is coming out. <laughs> I know, right? This now, is... do, you, do you think the opening credits now, for the la- for Captain Marvel, they did the Stan Lee credits? Yeah. Um, but it was the same bank of credits that they've had for several movies now. Um, and they've updated them periodically, right? Do you think we're going to keep getting that version of it for Endgame and then a new one for the new one, like for the Spider-Man, because that's the new, the first one of the next phase? Or do you think this one would debut the new one, even though it's technically wrapping up the last phase? Uh, I don't think we get the new one until Spider-Man. Okay. That's probably what I would think too. I'm just curious. I think there's a good chance that the only things that we see in here are the original Avengers. They do a little little tease with like the original Do you think think they would do the original one? Not the original one, the one they've done for the last several movies but all the people who died they're just gonna black out of the images <laughs> or make them black and white do do it like yeah do it like the poster or like know. as as it's flickering through like they're just puffing into ash oh my god stop that's too much i can't handle that my i need to i need to through the movie. To laugh if that's what they did yeah i need to not and have a heart attack what if what if they do it you know what they'll probably do something ridiculous where they where you won't realize it meant anything until the movie's over, where, like, people that are gonna die, die, aren't in it. I feel like they would do something along those lines. They would do something that's just, like, a subtle, you have no idea what's about to happen. But when you go back and rewatch this, it's just gonna be in your face from the beginning. (laughs) They show the character deaths in the thing, but it flips so fast because they have to go through three. That's why the movie's three hours and two minutes. The first hour is just flipping through scenes, getting the Marvel logo on screen. (laughs) Takes forever. Oh man, I am pumped up about Endgame. (laughs) And it's like three weeks away. Four weeks away? Four weeks away. Do you have any other news and nuggets? I have one final one. What do you got? Did you see and or hear about the Star Wars Episode Nine poster leaking? No. You didn't? Oh, fantastic. Um, Okay, so what I'm going to need to do as we're discussing this is I need you to jump over to Skype because I'm going to send you the link to an article so we can discuss this together. Excellent. Um, Bear with us, audience. I should have just done this ahead of time. I forgot to ask him. I'll I'll play some cantina music in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just sent it. You should be able to open it. Okay. Um... So Here's what's really going on. Yeah, so I need you to open that article and look at the poster because it's right at the top. As you scroll down, mm-hmm. you'll see the poster. Who is that? This, Who this is poster. That? Who is that? Who is what? Um, I'm asking questions about people in the poster. Okay, so you've you've absorbed the poster, Matt. I've absorbed the poster. What is your impression of this poster? Uh, weird. Yeah, so let me just tell you this before we go into the discussion of this article, right? There's no fucking way this is a real poster. No, it's absolutely not a real poster. Be- look, at, look at that ridiculous character next to Finn. <laughs> 
one of many reasons that you can understand. So let, let me just tell you how I experienced this, right? I'm looking at this, and what happened was I saw the poster with, in a tweet. Like, this is supposedly leaked. And then, like, a few minutes later, I, like, or I think linked under it was another tweet with an article, like, okay, like, it was one of the Star Wars fan news sites, whatever, making Star Wars maybe one of them put a story out saying, like, they, they have it on good information that this is the... And I was like, okay. And it was, like, a little bit of backstory to what's going on. Like, the character in the bottom right in the purple, I think, is is the Carrie Russell character, who I don't know if we've gotten her name or not. I forget. Right above her is, I forget the name of the actress, who's allegedly people are wondering whether or not she's playing Lando's daughter, all this stuff. And I'm looking at these Cedar things. Cedar like, has a bowcaster. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just caught my eye. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that, now you're starting to understand how I this, right? So I'm looking at that. I see that ridiculous alien. I was like, man, I hope it looks better than that in the movie. I was like, okay, those are clearly the Knights of Ren. That's why everyone's getting excited. Okay. He's holding the lightsaber really dumb. Yeah, he's going to kill himself in half. Um, since when do we fucking put the random walls of the inside of every Imperial ship behind them on the poster. Mm-hmm. And there's an A-wing and a Y-wing with blue energy coming out from... This is fake. Right. Uh, Luke's, Luke's lightsaber. This is like, like beat for beat how I experienced this. It's like, this looks so fucking cheesy. And those posters have been iconic since the original one. They've spawned all action movie posters. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's, I scrolled down a little further and there's just a single line about the first thing that I pointed out that says, there's also this fucking thing behind Finn. <laughs> yes. And I'm like... And then I... So as I'm going through, like, this is fake. That's like looks super cheesy. This doesn't look well produced at all and they've all been so good I was like okay maybe it's an international poster because sometimes those look different because they don't they, they purposely do them different because they sell differently in different markets right. then I saw C-3PO with a bowcaster that's as big as him and I was like okay yeah no I'm back to this is 100% fake oh yeah so we let's, should let's, link let's talk about this article let's talk about this article we're gonna put this into the site and our actual like spin chew website you'll see it linked in there yeah um, so I'm gonna just read you guys the article though for the past few months fans have been living in what one might call a drought of Star Wars related news the trailers imminent by imminent i mean one will likely be released anytime between now and december 20th but at this point fans don't even know the title of the movie there hasn't even been a single official image so when a poster started going around twitter that appeared to be the real deal fans got pretty damn excited a number of news outlets wrote about this supposed poster then mysteriously deleted said articles so that's how i in my mind was finally officially confirmed and this was like i know we have to talk about this on the show now because yep. i saw it as like a suggested thing on like it was kotoku or io9 or something like that i was like oh they're supposedly confirming this thing i click on it and i get like a 404 like page not found yeah and i was like yeah they deleted it because someone finally called them and said yeah no this ain't it yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was this poster and why were these posts deleted this was the supposed poster in question. It's the one that we've just been lambasting here. Notice C-3PO hilariously holding Chewbacca's bowcaster. There's also this fucking thing behind Finn. Wait, hang on. They mentioned that he's he's holding the bowcaster. They don't mention that he also has the, the bandolier. The bandolier, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Which is also got, on Chewbacca. Yes. Well, yeah, they're both wearing it. <laughs> anyway, fans kind of breezed over some of the weird parts of this poster in favor of what looks like the highly anticipated Knights of Ren in the bottom left side. Unfortunately, all the excitement 
was for nothing because Mark Hamill quickly chimed in on Twitter to debunk the fake poster. Someone tweeted at Mark Hamill and said, is this the new poster? And he said, doubtful. It looks like the work of a hashtag UPF, which apparently stands for ultra passionate fan. Uh, He reiterated it once again when another fan asked him if it was real. And he said, I'm pretty sure that's just the, in parentheses, wonderful work of a passionate fan. Yes, you know, all those ultra passionate fans out there dying to see C-3PO jump into battle and for the slug thing to do whatever the slug thing does. <laughs> it's wonderful. The final line is just imagine what it'll be like with some actual Star Wars news breaks. I'm still hoping slug guy and war 3PO are real. The, <laughs> the uh, Also, the, the way that the coloring is set up is wrong. Yeah, everything about it is clearly not how yeah. every Star Wars poster has ever been. <laughs> at least in the U.S. markets. I just love that slug thing, though. That's the, that's, of absurd. all the things on the screen, uh, that's what my eye is drawn to. Is that weird, that grotesque slug monster. Which, <laughs> I just... With 18 chins. 18 chins. It's got fins for ears. I don't know what is going on. It's ridiculous looking. It's the worst poster. I kind of love it. Is no, that it's... an Jar Jar? Oh, God. What would you do <laughs> if all of this was just a plan to troll every Star Wars fan? <laughs> and that's well, what the movie is. There's that weird subsect of Star Wars fans we've discussed a few times who think that that's what they're already doing to us. Mm. Um, but that being said, because we've decided, we've, we've agreed we're not going to go down that rabbit hole again unless it's warranted. Um, No, I don't imagine that they're trolling us. I don't imagine that this is anywhere close to one iota real. Um, It's bad. Uh, it's hilariously bad, but it's bad. Look at, look at a pose hanker, like neck. What is that? That like scarf handkerchief. That, that, that cravat thing. Yeah. What is? What's going on there? Uh, I don't know. I already closed the link, but it reminded me. Uh, now that you're saying it, it's like the Austin Powers cravat. One frilly lace cravat. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A hundred percent ridiculous. This is absolutely absurd. Um, but it's okay because I have my attention focused on Endgame right now, and then as soon as that's over, there'll surely be a Star Wars teaser. Well, as you indicated earlier, you're hoping upon hope that we'll get some even uh, if it's just a teaser before endgame makes sense to both disney etc so on and i think it would fit the thing is i'm doing such a bad job of remembering when these things come out i should the one thing i know i can hang my hat on is that during i think it's the first monday night football game of the season that's when the quote-unquote final full trailer will release they always play that on espn at halftime of the the monday night football game it's right. not the first one it's one of the first couple of the season but we'll get something before that I don't remember when. I should be able to look up pretty easily. I'm sure someone else has probably already done it. Looked at the timelines of the last several ones that have released in in December to get an idea of it should be within this block of weeks. You know what What I mean? Okay, hang on. I've got it. So after the movie, you're everybody waits, right? Everybody knows to stay after the credits of the Marvel movie. If you stay after the credits and they give you a teaser, then that would be really, really crazy. I know they only, won't, they only won't if it's that. only if it's War Three PO blowing away the slug. Oh my god! I was thinking like more along the lines of there's a it, it all fades to black after the final credit rolls, right? It's all very black on screen. No, there's nothing rolling, no light coming in, and they do the like abrupt crescendo that opens every movie after. And then you see like the first clip of the movie. That would oh, could you imagine the theater would go crazy? <laughs> oh, absolutely! Everyone would lose their mind. But they, uh, I don't think they would do that because they want to. They would want to keep the the talk on Infinity War, not Infinity War, Endgame. Um, as long I've as been as doing that too. The best was uh, me and my brother went to see us together the other day, mm-hmm. and we were like finishing up our ride into the parking lot, and we're talking about Get Out. And then when I got in and went to buy my ticket, I ordered one for Get Out. Yep. And he said, what? And I said, you know what I mean, us. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what I'm trying to say. We don't have to make me feel bad about it. (laughs) Just give me the ticket. (laughs) I said what I meant. (laughs) Well, it didn't help that we were like three minutes late for the movie. I was like, man, I hope this is the first week. There's still going to be a lot of trailers before it. So I might have missed a couple trailers. I don't remember if I saw anything new. Oh, Pet Cemetery, I think, was one of them. But that might have been the only one that was new. Uh, I have seen that a few times. It's over the top nonsense jump scares for no, no reason and unearned and it bothers me yeah i didn't want i have no interest in there was another there was another horror movie trailer like that and i was just like this isn't this there's nothing entertaining about this child's play that's the one no that's not it that's the remake of chucky isn't it yes i didn't see that one yet oh but i saw that one that's why okay this other was another horror movie horror movie where i was just like this isn't even a horror movie this is a cheap volume scare tactic like there's nothing here there's no you substance want to, talk, to the story. You want to talk about rabbit holes? Talk about finding funny things that you never knew before? Um, I was watching a few weeks ago. I was watching while I was eating dinner the uh, second Lord of the Rings. And my mom walked into the room and she said, who's that guy? And so it was Grima Wormtongue, the pale guy who kind of put a spell on King Theoden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's some guy who's like, I don't know that he's been in anything. I remember looking him up way back and like I didn't recognize any of the stuff he was in. So she goes, I feel like I've recognized him from something. I was like, okay, I'll look him up again. There was a, like a hundred more credits on it. Like, I don't know if it was just that he went uncredited or it was just in so many small things that back. And I'm talking about, it was years ago. That it could have been 10 years ago when the internet was only becoming actually really useful and functional at the time. Um, at least that's always been my perspective. Uh, <laughs> it's always 10 years ago. <laughs> no, no. It's just that I feel like up until like in that 2006 to 10 range was where it became like a really useful, viable thing, um, even though it existed for like 15 years before that. Um, and so I, I feel like I like I looked him up. I was like, nope, don't even recognize a single thing he's in. So that guy has been the voice of the Chucky doll since the original movie. Oh, wow. Was he the guy in, that put himself in the Chucky doll? I have no idea. I've never seen any of the movies. All I know yeah. is I've seen like trailers or commercials or whatever. Because there's been multiple ones that have come out. Like, or I've seen little clips and things and stuff like that. Never would have recognized that that was his voice. Had no idea. He's been in literally every single one, even though it's been, like I think, kind of soft rebooted a couple of times. Like, right, right. He's always been the voice since the oh, original. Oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I had had no idea. One of those weird things. He's got like, some even ironclad contract. <laughs> even though I've seen all the movie, or even though I've never seen any of the movies, like I feel like when I looked him up way back, that should have showed up. Right. Or like or it should have at least clicked in my mind, like, oh, I've never seen it, but I know that property. It's a well-known property. This movie's been around since the eighties. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. No, that's funny. No, oh, what a what a well, what a bizarre thing. And in the in the process of this rabbit hole, I was looking into stuff about him. The guy's older than I would have thought. Um, I can't remember exactly how old he is, but I found a, a cool, funny thing. He's a method actor a lot of times, if not all the time. And so he was in that character the whole time they shot those movies, the the Lord of the Rings movies. And He's only technically in the second one. He was in the extended version of the third one. Um, but they shot all three of those movies back to back. So he was around for quite some time. Uh-huh. And he spoke in a version of that voice at all times uh, with a British accent. He's from fucking West Virginia. Oh, come on. So they went on That's a press tour to start touring for the movies. And Bernard Hill, the guy who played King Theoden, who yeah. obviously shared a bunch of scenes with him, um, heard him speaking as himself now that he's finally done filming the movie. And he says, That's the worst <laughs> American accent I've ever heard in my life. And he said, No, that's my real voice and they're like shut the fuck up he goes no no i'm not british i'm from fucking west virginia <laughs> i've just been in character the whole time <laughs> <Country> <laughs> <row>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Which I just thought was funny. That they had fantastic. zero idea. They all thought Wait, he was a British dude. So who did your mom recognize him? Or what did she no, recognize him from? She didn't. Oh, okay. She's cool. just like, that guy looks familiar. I'm like, I promise you he doesn't. <laughs> she's just like, she's like, I know that voice. And you just find out that your mom's been a Chucky fan for her entire no, life. No, when I said that, she's like, oh, I've seen like one of those. She goes, I never would have known that. No, she like thought his face looked familiar. And I was yeah. like, no. I was like, I remember looking. Now he's been in a, like a million things. Mostly the- resembles the penguin eating the fish in Batman Returns. <laughs> Except like a foot taller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not a balloon. Yeah. So there's that. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Uh, before we do that, oh. this movie was a doozy, so. Oh, second beer. Second beer. I would second. join you, but I had a beer with Avengers. Mm. So You son of a bitch. <laughs> you had to put that high enough for me to see what you were drinking. I, sure I did. hate you. Why don't you tell everyone what I'm drinking? Ugh. Well, actually, it's either Hetty Top or the other one that I like. It's Hetty Top. Banger. It's Hetty Top. Yeah, you scumbag. <laughs> the show is over. <sighs> Let us get into our flick of the week. Sorry, right, I, didn't, I didn't derail you good enough during the intro, so. No, that's, that's fine. That's fine. So. I, let's uh let's set, let's do our little IMDb synopsis. I'm sure this will be fun for us because you know you don't know what this movie is about. So a family's serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begin to terrorize them. That's a that's that's a fair way of of describing the trailer. Were they ever serene though? Yeah, that's a good point. Or at least I, Winston Duke was having a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a whole thing about him. Okay. Um, all the main cast was good in this movie. Like, yeah. Lupita was phenomenal. Oh, my God. Yeah. The kids were very good. Winston Duke was pretty good, too. But Lupita was terrifying. Yes. Um, but the the thing that I, I couldn't get away from while we were watching this movie was Winston Duke was playing Jordan Peele playing that role. Huh. I noticed during the course of it that there were certain things things like his delivery like first of all his, his voice is like completely different than it was in black panther well, um yeah he's playing a completely different role obviously yeah he's obviously even though he's still very young in his acting career it seems he's not been in many things yet um he seems to have a talent for it and what i noticed was is some of the specific delivery reminded me of how peel delivered lines in certain key peel sketches sketches okay. Sketches. <laughs> Sketches, yeah. And I realized that he, I think he was supposed to be, you know, sometimes certain move, like actors or directors will put themselves in a role in the movie. Not usually, not always the main role, but they're kind of like, like the eyes like that we're looking through or whatever. And I feel like he was kind of that in this. And I realized like trying to make like a, a comparison to it. The little Rel Howery character was, again, there's some similarities to how he played that role and get sure. out to how Peel did. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. where I feel like that's his voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, that's interesting. Almost like he, he would have put himself in, but it's, it is, he's not one of the directors that felt comfortable doing that. Which is surprising to me because he's obviously a talented enough actor. I don't know why he would, especially in something like get out because it's like, it's a fairly small role, right? Um, yeah. m- much more humble role than, than the one that um, Winston Duke played in this movie. Um, both of them, though, were the comedic, like the comic relief in the movie, right? Yeah. Which is why it would have been doubly made sure it made sense for him to be in those roles. I guess I don't know if it's just that he wants to give other people their chance. Uh, Winston Duke already has been on the scene, even though he hasn't had a lot of big roles. Um, but I had never heard of Little Rel Howery before that, and then a few months later, his show gets picked up. Like he's got right. Rel on TV, like now, so. He's really taken off coinciding with that movie or whatever, which is cool that he's like getting these people these opportunities to do stuff and become more successful and famous. Um, sure. It's he just also, funny because he, he I know comfortable doing it. It's possible. But again, like it's not like it's like someone who's always been a director and then mm-hmm. wants to like get on screen like certain people have. Like he's already been he's cut his teeth as an actor. Like that's what he's known for. Yeah. Um, originally. 
So like he's not like he doesn't have the prerequisite talent. I just noticed it's so funny that those two roles specifically felt like I heard his voice talking through them. Mm -hmm. And I noticed so much more with this one because it had so many more lines in it, so much more screen time. And then it made me retroactively look back and realize that Rel, like Little Rel Harry, was that same thing. Yes, that is interesting. I and I could totally see it. I, I I totally get where you're coming from, where it's it's like him delivering the line, but somebody yes. else doing it for him. It's it's that's really funny. He probably he because he wrote he probably wrote the comic relief character in his voice. Yeah, but the thing sense. is, more than just the specific cadences, some of the voices that Winston like the like this particular tone even reminded me of the way that Peel more so in mm. the actual physical part of it in that role than in the Little Howard role. But from a from a script standpoint, I heard his voice in both of those characters. Nice. So why don't you give me a, can you give me your tweet length review? Um, this, I mean, it's going to come via metaphor uh, that I think you'll be able to keep track of, even though you're not the biggest sports fan. This, he had the bases loaded and swung for the fences and hit a sack fly to the warning track that scored one run. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is so much bigger it aims for so much more than what get out did yeah. and it just missed the mark yeah i'm i'm, I'm kind of with you there i think to 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 dumb it down <laughs> from there i have it as a well done horror thriller movie that maybe tries to do too much it was less than the sum of its parts because you could see this like the outline of where an excellent movie would have been yeah and just didn't quite link up together it was a good movie, even maybe a very good movie. It was not a great movie. It does not measure up to no. get out, but not in a way that should feel like a disappointment exactly because it's not like it's a bad movie. It's definitely no. not that. It's just he just tried to do too much. I was engaged and entertained the entire runtime. Oh, 100%. But then I realized like as complex as everything came together for Get Out, it really is all built on one very simple metaphor mm-hmm. that expanded into this rich tapestry right yeah, yeah um this didn't have that one anchor that one no, single to be there's yeah. too many little things i guess the way i would describe it best is get out started as a kernel that bloomed into one full ripe piece of popcorn <laughs> <laughs> and this was more like trying to make a plate of nachos. Yeah. So many delicious aspects to it. There's just too many things going on at once that you kind of lose sight of the forest for the trees. Are you sticking with the metaphor and calling them delicious aspects? Really just, it, it, it really worked for me. I just want you to know that <laughs> I know that you did that. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, that- One might say that I'm getting somewhat good at this. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny that my I had a second question on here, which you just answered was, does the movie stand up next to Get Out? It, again, not a bad, not a bad movie by any means. It's just it's not the bar was high. The bar. You was know how like high. people say I love all my children equally, but then five minutes later they say they were never that fond of Job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never cared for Job. <laughs> Oh my god, I just started, I, I started continuing um, Arrested Development again, so like I'm halfway through five, I think. I haven't got four. to see any of it yet. Four, not five, uh, but it's... Oh, fa- Faithful Consequences? Yeah, yeah. My god, the show is, is absolutely too much. Uh, visually and thematically, he knows what he's doing. Um, well, I will say this, the one thing that this does get right from an, like an aspect of raising the bar was visually. Even though there was incredible visuals in Get Out, this movie is gorgeous to yeah. look at. Yeah, it's... it's it's 
shot so well. Yes. I'm not sure if the cinematographer is the same person or not, um, but I do know that whether it is or isn't, um, they definitely raise the fucking bar visually speaking in this movie. What I what I find interesting is from the first trailer that we saw, or that I saw at your house, actually, uh, this looked like... That's right. I forgot I introduced you to the trailer itself. Yeah. It looked like it was going to be like a creepy... Like, just real jacked-up home invasion movie. Yeah, I thought I was going to be way more terrified. I was terrified of that trailer. I thought I was going to be way more terrified during the movie. There was certain moments, but largely it was much more suspense than horror. Yeah. Well, well, I, well to a degree, because there are there's a good number of like of straight-up horror elements in there. Sure, but there's, overall, I didn't feel the skin-crawling effect so much as the getting closer to the edge of my seat to see what's coming sure, next. Sure. That's you know fair. what I mean? That's fair. What I found interesting, though, was, like I said, I thought it was going to be a home invasion type movie and when you realize when you're watching it that we've gotten through those things that made you freak out during the trailer within the first 30 minutes of the movie 40 minutes of the movie um i was like wait wait what else is there like what like we see them get into the house it's like what's next oh that's not that's not what the movie's about yep. and i'm gonna pause there uh because well, i will say the, the one thing uh because it was part of the trailer and i won't give away what yeah. exactly it was um the one moment that got me because it was so early in the movie before we could get do that what you were saying where it's like oh we've kind of passed all the things that i was so scared about the one that legitimately got me in a hair-raising way and it's funny because it doesn't pay off at least not when you first see it is the scene with and i won't again no spoilers with the young girl when she opens her mouth and her eyes go super wide yeah i was on fucking edge then yep. and it, it ends up going with anticlimax you don't get the thing that's gonna horrify you there but i was ready to be you know what oh, i mean yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. With that being said, uh, we're we're beating around the bush a lot because it, you can't. This really is the talk type of movie much. you just got to do it. You got to tear the so, bandaid off. Absolutely, one hundred percent worth going to see if you haven't yet. Go see it, especially if you if you're a fan of Jordan Peele. Like you, you'll enjoy the movie, but. L- don't expect Get Out. Yes, it's not that. That's, that's all. And the thing is, it's not actually trying to be, and it's not even trying to be the quote-unquote spiritual successor to it, I didn't feel like. Even though it felt like it's a, it, like he tried, one of the reasons it failed was because he tried to get bigger. It wasn't necessarily an expansion of that. Yeah. Well, and just just to put this all into perspective, I was I got real annoyed by this uh, short anecdote before we go into the spoiler territory. Uh, similar to you saying one ticket for Get Out when you got to the to the window. I my typical movie watching tradition is to I get my ticket, get my snacks, go sit down, wait until there's about five minutes before the trailers, and then I go to the bathroom and I come back because I like to I want to pee as close to the start time of the movie as possible to prevent me having to go i'm gonna I, there's not gonna be any drinks or snacks during end game let's just put it that way it's gonna they're gonna have to wait because i can't i can't risk it anyway so i do that and get back on my way out into the lobby to go to the bathroom i heard overheard folks talking as they were coming in these three the three women were going to see the movie and she was like one of them said like oh your husband didn't want to come and she said he said he saw the first one he doesn't need to see the second one and then the other one goes it's not a sequel and she goes that's what I said, <laughs> and I was like, "This guy sucks." Also, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it, but I think we all know what that means. Right, but I was like, I was like, either. <laughs> I feel like either you think Titanic is a sequel to Terminator 2, <laughs> or you're a racist. <laughs> like I don't understand. <laughs> I'll just say it's column B, and let's move on. <laughs> Anyway, I left my way to the bathroom, came back, told Kim that story. She just went, and then the movie started. <laughs> 
Um, I will say on the way out of the theater, lots of grumbling. Really? Because people were not open to it being something different. Oh, they so it's they a were. lot of people who didn't like The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, that being said, I really, I, I enjoyed it. The movie is flawed. It has its flaws. I'm not thrilled with how they went about certain things, but we'll get into those specifics in the post-spoiler territory. I enjoyed it, and I'm definitely going to need to, I'm not going to see it again in theaters, but I'm going to need to see it again. I'm going to look forward to seeing it again when it's yeah. available to see. Um, I like watching it with the context. Yeah, uh, so I'm, there's going to be a lot of things I want to check back on, and I went down some rabbit holes. Some of those things, uh, and I will try to properly credit those things because I have a lot of them in my notes, stuff that I read to broaden my like base of knowledge for this because it's super complicated, a lot of it. Um, but... <sighs> I, I ended up having to leave out a lot of stuff from my notes because otherwise this would be a four hour long episode. <laughs> That's fair. So go see it and then come back for a post spoiler talk, which is happening now. And I'll another honest, transition sound. I'll be honest. Uh, well, isn't this where you're supposed to put the, 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 the snapping of caps? No, that happens when I say it's time for the movie. You can use it more than once. What? <laughs> what? I mean, you got it. There's no, you don't got to pay anyone for every time we use it. You made it. <laughs> I want to do like a, an old-timey cartoon transition sound. So. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, what I'm going to say going into this now, this may disappoint some of you listening. I don't know about you. I won't speak for you. You may agree with me after I've said it. I'm not equipped to talk about this movie, man. <laughs> not, not sufficiently. I'm just not. I, I feel like... like I, I just said a few minutes ago, like I'm getting pretty good at some of this stuff. You're getting pretty good at some of the stuff. We these episodes are undoubtedly better than when we started. Um, I'm just not good enough. Yeah, that's fair. I'm kind of with you on it. It's there's a lot. There's a lot of undertones. I, I mean, I'm good enough to talk about some of it, but sure, sure shit, good enough to talk about all of it. Let me talk about. Let's let's start with why I think the movie fell short. Uh, the like you, you had mentioned the whole you, you you did your whole play to nachos thing, popcorn kernel. I get you. I get you. Uh, for me, I think it could have been easily solved though. I think I don't think it could have actually. I, well. And that's the thing is, it's a hindsight thing, right? Because I don't know that if I had gotten this version of it, I would have been better or worse off. But if you cut out all of the exposition and cut out some of the extended, like, post situation, like getting out of the situation scenes and left it more of a mystery and it was yes, just like a psychotic this... thing, I think that would have been interesting and might, maybe would have been easier for me to wrap my head around and draw off, like, interesting or fun conclusions rather than also try to tie them to what actually happened on screen, which is a little bit more difficult. Well, it's funny because two things that happened in the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie ended up being the case where looking back, less would have been more. Um, and the exposition by Red downstairs. Yeah. Um, while it helped explain a lot of things. It didn't. <laughs> it it opened itself to too many things where it's like, well, you've now raised more questions than answers. <laughs> right. It's like when somebody gives you like a, a 10 minute long speech on how something works. And then when they're done, you go, wait, what? <laughs> now I'm not convinced that the few things I knew are actually correct. You know, right. <laughs> but um, I think I actually don't have a problem with the theory of that scene, but they either needed to give us way more, which would have been the only thing that's ever gotten that right is the scenes with the Oracle in the Matrix movies. Mm. It's the only time where like the sitting down and getting the full on explanation, like getting a lecture in history class has ever worked. Part of it just because she's that actress, especially the original actress who was in the first two movies, was very charismatic in that role. Mm, yeah, that's a big part of it. I think um, where it doesn't be the cigarette that she's smoking. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't become offensive <laughs> to you because she delivers it in such a way that makes you want her to keep talking about it, yeah. even though in all, any other circumstance, it would be way too much. Um, so and this is an indictment of Lupita Nyong'o, because in that version of that role, she did a great job. It's just 
that's not meant for that character to be talking for that long at one time. Right. You know what I mean? Um, those two things are oil and water. Um, so yeah, it either was a reserved, quiet, char- quiet and tormented character. Well, it had has... to be. It's one that barely knew how to talk. Right. But both both versions, though. Yeah. No, but I'm talking specifically about Red. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so either they needed to find a way to give us pieces of that. They needed to break it down and allow us to have more easily digestible pieces throughout the course of the movie to give us all that information. Mm-hmm. Or... They had to give us way more than what they did. And if they gave us way more what they did, it would have been such a slog to get through in that scene. It would have killed all momentum right at the climax of the movie. Yeah. So it wouldn't have worked. If they had taken that exact scene and tr- tightened, no, they <laughs> honestly wouldn't have been tightening. They would have had to clip it a lot, get rid of a lot of the exposition and keep the visual part of it. Because that helped actually showing the whole scene of her doing the dance and all of like and the people doing the dance. Yeah. Visually. Visually, that scene worked really well. It was adding all the text along with it that didn't work. Um, and then again, talking about things that don't work, the twist at the end breaks so much of the internal logic of the narrative of the movie itself. I, I think that's what my biggest problem with the exposition was, is the twist is so much better than the exposition. And if they had it, they don't work together. If you didn't give me any of the explanation and let me figure that piece out alone, I would have, it would have blown my mind that I would have been like, this is so good. Because well, so the- the kid figures it out, and I love that he figures it out. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I've told we've talked about this a few times throughout the course of us doing this show. Um, I am so rarely surprised on big things like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I knew that that was what, what was going to end up happening. Sure, I or at least I had a pretty good idea of it because, because it's of just cut away. No, that was part of it. Um, uh, I, I was I I had like some hints along the way. That was was one of them. That was obviously a big part of it because they. They did one of those, just like like Memento or any of those other ones, where you see a little clip of it, and then when you see the full context, you're like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was part of the reason, but I had a lot of reasons to suspect it. Um, but if they did that, and we've talked about it many times also on the show, um, the idea of the Family Guy joke that goes on so long that you don't think they're going to do the joke, and then they do, and that's what they did here, right? Where they give you, it takes them ninety nine point nine percent of the movie to finally do the twist. Yeah. That, in my mind, I was so sure they were going to do from the beginning. And then when they finally did it, and actually I was upset that they did, even though I've been waiting for it, like for the other shoe to drop for quite some time now, um, because it breaks the whole logic of the movie, making that twist. It's a great twist, except it just doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work with the rest of the things that they yes. tried to explain to you. If that's why I say don't explain. It. Well, the thing is, I actually don't view the explanation and the twist as not being able to exist together per se. Um, The issue is that both of them don't work, one for narrative reasons and one for just pacing and flow reason and world building reason. Um, I don't view them necessarily as being inextricably linked. Mm. It's just that they happen so close together. I... I do only because I start to I start to dig deeper into the explanation and like the tethering and the control of these things underneath and how none of this would work or make sense. And well, I will say part of yes, part of the explanation doesn't work with the twist itself, and because they they're delivered so close together, it's very noticeable. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is that had they tweaked a little bit the explanation, the things could work in conjunction together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, but yeah, the the, the the crux of it, what it comes down to is that twist doesn't work because she wouldn't be taking so much glee and killing all the other tethered if she had set this whole thing in motion, right? Right. Um, and 
like she wouldn't be killing her brethren or at some point she would have it takes until the very very end to realize so i guess you can make an you can make an argument that she's a like a quote-unquote sleeper agent Mm -hmm. it takes her like and she like embraced living until like at the end is when she like finally jogs back in her memory and clicks and she realizes oh like yeah, I was one of them. Right. But like she would have it doesn't work. She w- it would have been more effective. You could have done that thing because I guess technically the plan itself was done by the real Adelaide who's actually been read in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because that plan that she came up with happened post swap in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. But what you have to do I think in that case to make it work is she has to come to sympathize with the tethered rather than get that cathartic release from killing her twin whereas we have to see her no longer so like viscerally wish to kill all of them rather than have it revealed to herself after it's done where she's smiling at the end or you know or she has to have a breakdown and kill herself at the end you know what i mean yeah i hear you if that's how it happened i actually what i expect happened because she's as she's looking up in the rearview mirror she's realizing it then the son realizes he pulls the mask down right yeah and she Let's this haunting grin flip like flip across her face really quickly for a second, and that's how you know it's quote unquote real. Because for a minute I had kind of an inception ending thing where it's like sure. where he spins the top and you don't know was that real or was she imagining, oh my god, like one of those like I need to like or like an ex machina where he cuts himself to make sure am I really alive type of thing? Like yeah. is it one of those like we're not sure type of things? And it, it could be slightly ambiguous, we're not entirely sure. And in that moment, right after she before she grinned, when she's like flashed back like had this ptsd triggering moment to like remember that that, that's what she really is in that moment i thought she was going to drive the ambulance off the road and kill them all Mm. because if she had done that then it doesn't break it in my mind you know what i mean sure that's fair yeah i i then start to as you're talking about it one of the things that i consider is if you sometimes it helps to just like think about something else that was going on in the movie and how interesting it makes like another aspect of it while you know while certain pieces don't make sense if you go and think about uh think about the 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 psychotic upbringing of adelaide underground no one talking can't talk no one understands her and then like as a child like almost rising to power over these beings that are just kind of like they're moving with the flow they don't also i do gotta i do gotta wonder how she got out of that manacle too yeah and that's why i'm saying like even if like even if what i'm proposing where it's like the whole thing where she's a sleeper agent she doesn't she wakes up and she understands now and she's just it's such a big thing for her to be out and she's just gonna embrace it for what it is Mm -hmm. i guess that can work but then it breaks other pieces of it smaller pieces but like that she should never get out of that manacle you know what i mean yeah like it, what would have happened was if like i mean i guess like they were technically cloned right um if I, and I was kind of expecting this when she walked into that room if she saw a skeleton manacle to the bed that totally works then you know what i mean yeah and that's the moment it snaps in her mind like oh shit that's right i was that person i locked that like the kid should never get off that bed yeah but then you have i know that's what i'm saying the internal yeah. logic is broken it, like it, it doesn't work i'm finding ways to try and like snap it into place so it well, works none of it, none of it works the the, mir- the mirrored movement doesn't work at all yes it just doesn't it just doesn't you have to accept like if you want to if you have to like just go with something that would have to be it because it doesn't physically it wouldn't have worked it doesn't make any sense well like i said because they're clones like if it was one of those things where like they made another clone and that was what we were getting you know what i mean sure, but like, even I, then I, it doesn't work you yeah. know like you're right it's, that's why i'm saying it just missed the mark because it's like oh there's like i could see like we if we just cross this wire with that one like we could get it but it's like it's like every time I like move this one thing to get it in shape with the other like something else pops like out of like yeah. place you know what I mean like I, I- 
I think I, what I could get on board with is if it wasn't like a tethered thing where every like where the their emotion well their emotions aren't fully they, they get untethered at some point right but that doesn't really make that's not fully clear how that happens well it sounds like the way that they get untethered is I kill you or you well, kill no, me b- but if the movement is tethered prior to that it doesn't make any sense right because you would never you would never mirror yourself out of the tunnel into the same room with you and stab yourself like it doesn't it, you're not fully tethered yeah well that was the whole point though was right that that adult like red was able to because she was something more and that like they even said that like there was she was something special for some yeah. whatever reason we're not sure why she had more control over than the rest of them she because they were designed to be manipulated this is something i discussed with my brother he's like i don't understand like if they're supposed to be the ones pulling the strings i said no, no no the tethered are the strings yeah it was some unseen force who was supposed to be the one manipulating the strings they are the strings attached to the puppets above right right she fills the void of the abandoned puppet master role right Right, where she teaches them these are the things we're going to do to escape. Mm-hmm. So she's the one plucking those strings to make the moves happen. And that's why the this whole event and untethering can start to happen. Because you're right. Like once you should be able to, like the kid does, he gains control over his own tether because he walks backwards and the kid walks backwards into the flame. But they- He's the only one who got it other than... Adelaide. They made a comment at some point where they, they, they the, the sister says multiple times, like, my brother's a little off, mm-hmm. right? And they made a comment at one point when, during the exposition about how some bonds were stronger than others. Yeah. And I assumed that that was the reason there, why he was able to do, like, he, what, like, the, that explanation of him being a little off, whatever that meant. Well, I view that he definitely has a different perspective and mentality than the rest of the characters. And you can yeah. see that because he almost tames his tether yeah when they because he tries because he's so scared and doesn't understand what to do he knows he's never going to be able to physically dominate it right he tries to bridge the gap actually strengthen their bond right mm-hmm. he reaches out he's trying to play and show him the magic trick he's reaches out and touches his hand he asks him to pick up the mask to look at him and understand right and then he realizes no listen we're, we're never going to be close yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he does the magic trick, escapes, and he's the first one to gain some advantage over his own tether, right? Um, but <laughs> he's in, like, it's in, not you, it's me. Yeah. You see how I can say that, and it's still yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> and But that's what I'm saying. Other than Adelaide, he's the only one who ever really grasps, actually, in some ways, maybe even more than her, which is funny considering she is one of them, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't realize it at the time. He's really the only one who makes a true effort to understand them because everyone else is fighting them or running away from them, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he leans into it because that's the only defense that he, he views as being viable, which is, you know, heady stuff for such a young kid, right? Mm-hmm. And he realized that, and that's why in his moment of desperation, he walked backwards realizing what the connection would be. And to the point that he knew it was a trap, right? He was able to read that cue in the kid's face when he pulls the mask off and winks at him or grins at him, whatever it was. Yeah, it's 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 funny. It's a lot of interesting, fun, creepy ideas. They just didn't stick the landing. There's so many good ideas and probably too many. That's yeah. I think a, a big part of it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know how how, how much. Well, hang know, on. I just I want to extend your nacho metaphor for a second because I also just watched an episode of This Is Us and there was a nacho metaphor in there and it was pretty great. But <laughs> basically, your whole nacho metaphor it starts off with all the good nachos, right? Covered in cheese and jalapenos and chili, and and they're you're just eating it up, and then. <laughs> After you get three quarters through it, you're just like, these are just crumbs, man. Like, it just, like, it just <laughs> fall, it fell apart at the end there. Starting to get soggy. Wow. You can't scoop them this with is, a chip anymore. You gotta use a fork. How deep that nacho metaphor was gonna go. Well done. You got fucking layers, man. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> like an onion. <laughs> how much? Hey, everybody love parfait. <laughs> I have a lot of notes here. Do you have a lot of notes? Do you want to go some? Because I've been dominating the conversation. Let me. Uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about that were scenes that I think are incredible. Things yeah, let's, that, let's let's go lighter. Let's okay. pull back a little bit because I got a little. I got really granular there. Let's yeah, just yeah. Pull let's, back let's, and look let's, at something. Pull, pull that you back. One of the best, 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 best parts of the movie is when you realize this isn't an isolated incident. Yes, although. You should have known it based on. I mean, obviously, you know it's gonna be relevant, but I just couldn't quite pinpoint how at first. The eleven eleven guy standing there. Nope, or? that too. Um, but no, specifically the opening text. Yeah, that's how you should yeah, yeah, should for, have known from the start. For this sure. Isn't an nice because it, you're, you're right. I well, first of all, based on the trailer, they only ever show you the one family, right? Mm-hmm. Now I assumed that we might see some more. I wonder if it was gonna be one of those weird funky event happened in this isolated community thing where like everyone in there was going to be mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was going to be nationwide but I should have when I realized that they talked about the whole country having millions of miles of tunnels apparently which right. is a real thing by the way one of the stories that was on the ringer I didn't end up reading the whole thing because I got bored a little bit um, but that whole like not the obviously government experiment with all the clones but or at least so far as we know but um, the whole thing about all the tunnels under the U.S. is a real true fact. Mm, interesting. I believe it. Uh, well, well, it's funny because my brother said something like that, too. Like, wait, so we're supposed to believe that there's 300 million people in that bunker? I was like, well, it's obviously bigger than we thought. But also remember, the entire nation is crisscrossed with tunnels. <laughs> right. uh, so, OK, so finding that out, what I thought, though, from the trailer, this is how I had I had the movie I thought like understood going in right i thought we were gonna get they go away for the weekend they're in their little cabin some crazy weird shit happens and there's a double version of them that's the home invasion movie i thought they were gonna get out of the cabin find their friends their friends are gonna be in trouble now too and they're gonna work as a group like as a unit to overcome the odds like it just a very formulaic oh no i always assumed that the other family was gonna die well i thought they were gonna die but at the hands of but but I, th- I thought the threat was just going to be this one doppelganger family. Yeah, that, well, yeah, sure. So, because the funny thing is when they went to go see the other family, I think, were they the, the Wilsons, I think? Um, I should probably not, because I think it's the Wilsons and the Tylers, right? Tyler and... Oh, I have them backwards, yeah. sorry. Well, yeah. Um, I th- no, I thought that the... Adelaide Wilson. Yeah, I thought Tyler. that was, I thought they were Tyler. I thought the other ones were the Wilsons. Got it. Sorry. So, yeah, so the Tyler family. I assumed one of two things was going to happen, right? Because they leave, they jump in the car, and they're driving off, right? Or the boat, rather. They jump in the boat and they're driving off. And I was like, okay. So either, because then they flash to, once they say, we got to leave, you know they're going to go find the family, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to find the, the Tylers. I assumed one of two things was going to happen. One, they're going to show up to the house. They're going to be like, drunk. Like, what the fuck are you guys showing up to the house in the middle of the night? Oh, you want to get the party on? Then we're going to get another home invasion and yep, the family yep. is all going to quickly get dispatched, right? Or once we spend a bunch, we spend a couple of minutes with them, right? Before I assume, because well, then he does the thing where he's like, oh shit, you see that out by the, the boat or by the car, whatever it was he was saying, right? And he's playing a prank on her, right? I assumed that he's like, he's going to end, like at that point, he's like, oh, it's going to be like, yeah, no, I saw like, like our friends, like they're coming up, like it's not a big deal. Like, and it was going to be the family getting there, killing them, waiting, laying in wait for one of those two things was going to happen. You know what I mean? And instead, it's there. Dude, that was one of the best fucking scenes in the movie. Specifically. The cut outside of the house while it happens. Yeah. Best scene in the movie. (laughs) It probably is the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Well, there's one other one, and obviously we'll get to it later. But that strong, strong contender for top two in the movie. Really well done. Really creepy. 
because we see the first daughter get like it's like super sudden like what's going on oh and then no the yeah. first look up from behind i was like who is that oh my god it's them in red and she like stabs in the throat and yeah. then they pop out and all three of them get stabbed like simultaneously i'm like oh yeah. this got escalated yeah. real quick I, that it that blew that, that's when like when they it kind of explodes into you finding out right that's that's when you it really clicks the that there's others and it's that the scene is just shot well <laughs> the freaking the music playing ophelia um, not understanding what you're saying like first of all so i good. started cracking up like laugh out loud like loud laughter and there was only like it was me and my brother and there's maybe 10 other people in the theater when we saw it um and everyone is busts out laughing with call the police and it's play fuck the police mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was friggin' perfect. Oh my perfect. gosh! That so the other the other great thing about the uh, the Tyler doppelgangers is Josh Tyler the the dad doing the uh, that and his also in playing that character he was doing his best Men in Black villain impersonation. He was yeah, walking around very like sugar and water. <laughs> like, and it was oh, I thought it hand. was very funny. Oh my head! Yeah, oh my head! Oh, <laughs> But uh, even though it is a little bit immersion breaking, him doing the uh, gotcha yep. was incredible. Yeah. As someone that, bleeding out of the fucking Which throat. is a weird thing to talk, like that actually works, right? Because if his stringed up tethered doppelganger and like does the motions and ridiculous things this awful person does, that well, would totally is be one of The thing is a copy of the type of thing that Tim Heidecker's character would have actually done. Yes. It was one of those like kind of like reach beyond, like across the veil type yeah. of thing. <laughs> but actually what the only the way only way it would have been even though it would have been even grosser but just as good if not better would have been if when he did that you saw like his dead body flop with his hand uh, <laughs> that would have been pretty good i also uh another great scene fantastic scene uh when winston duke's character goes into the boat and he gets just the flare gun and it, not, it just doesn't work fail straight fail <laughs> that was drops. the discipline some of the best acting in there was the disappointment on his face when it happens. Like, because that's a real life comedy situation. And doubling as an incredible comedic callback to a line earlier yeah. in the movie. Too. The whole ridiculous. Should, oh, I told you to get the flare gun. Yeah. Yep. Fail. It was so good. The, uh, and, and when he comes out of there later and goes, I'm, I'm done with boats. Yeah. I'm done with boats. <laughs> so, Psycho Twins. Uh, one of the creepiest scenes to me was when you realize that Just one of them is doing feeling in the background. No, well that was creepy. But when they walk into the room and one of them is doing a handstand in the closet, <laughs> yes. I was like, I saw her feet and I was like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> they did a couple of those hiding scenes where it's like they purposely go out of focus, but you could totally see them yes. there. They, that one, they have the one where Red is standing next to the car and she snatches but the kid. This is where I mean though, like the hor- like he's got the horror, like the horror thriller stuff. He's got it. He crushes it. <laughs> like in his sleep. Oh my god, it's that stuff is freaky as hell. When the fact that the key, the keys were forgotten twice is wonderful. Was it twice? Yes, it was at the at the at their house. Yeah, where are the keys? in the house but it was a more of a conversational piece and in the second one it was at the tyler house they were actually back in the house on the co- and she had to go get them and the disappointment oh that's the only one i remember i i didn't remember no, there first. was there was a there was a reference to the keys earlier at their house but anyway the when she goes back to get them and you notice first right like a split second before she notices you notice that the twin no, is somebody's missing there yeah and that's so there's two incredible things that happen in that scene one you notice that first in the way that it goes down where she ends up clocking her in the head with the frying pan amazing uh two one of the scenes, 
one of the other scenes that gives away the ending, if you're paying attention, is how much fun she's having murder her. And the son walks in and real and like gives her a weird look. And she's got like, she's kind of like laughing as she's doing it, smiling, big grin, and she pulls back from doing it. I guess I didn't notice the that malevolent glee in that scene. Oh, it's there. Um, but I did notice that, yes, she did seem to take it a bit too far. Um, but I just assumed it was like that catharsis overtaking you where it's like you lose yourself for a minute. Like, right, and so you I can totally see it. It's like where, because I, I can totally see it because it feels like they're finally turning the tide. It finally feels like they have the upper hand a little yep. bit. So I actually could relate to that. I didn't 100%. notice the glee part of it, but I did. The first inkling that they were going to finally come around was actually when she was killing the, her own clone, mm. when she's choking her out. Because after she does it, if you watch her mouth and the way that she kind of clicks her, like, it's not right. And I'm like, sh like the facade <laughs> is brilliant. You go, uh-oh. <laughs> but they, they leave it alone for five minutes after that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Where it's 100%. like, okay, maybe that's not, maybe I'm reading into that too much. Maybe it's just one of those grief is overtaking me type of things you know what i mean mm -hmm. but yeah there was a, that moment too where she's like kind of like her mouth's moving in a very unnatural way and the sounds emanating are not the types that would come from a normal human being right and i was like oh is this gonna be the moment nope okay fine we're not gonna do the thing i'm just reading into this too much i've seen too many of these movies yeah nope okay the payoff is there i seen too many of these movies and i know them all now yes fantastic right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, no, that was, it is good. But like you said, in that moment at the house, you can kind of, you can gloss over it and you could be, you, you could take it how you, so, and that, I, that's intentional. And that's one of those things too, where I'm saying I'd like to rewatch it again, because I totally got the, her going a bit too far and realizing she has to rein it back in, mm -hmm. but I didn't get the glee part of it. And that's something I'd like to look out for the next time I see it. Yeah. There's just a little bit too, there's a little bit, it's, it's almost like an intense, it, it's almost a growling face, but there seems to be a little bit of a smile behind it. It's very creepy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's I would like to rewatch it as well. It's unfortunate that it's not it, I know it's it, the same thing's going to happen rewatching it. It's going to be good. Maybe I'll even enjoy parts of it more. It's still going to unravel. Well, I think you'll get that sense of disappointment even stronger because you'll pick up on even more details because you're looking for them now. Yeah. And you know where to look, which is even more important. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk about something. OK, hit me. Do you want to talk about rabbits? Not really. I think is I love <laughs> I love bunnies. Well, here's bunnies the thing. Make me very happy. I could not to the last of me get the rabbits now i got some of it okay because she does give us one literal thing oh that was how they first started this whole cloning thing realize rabbits are super easy to clone and then they started cloning us okay got it and she says the whole thing about i had to eat cold raw rabbit meat okay they end up being the food source because that's another one of those questions when you come out of like how does that do they survive well, they got a fuck ton of rabbits down there uh -huh. that's how they survive okay cool I got all that. Let's file that away. And then once she goes down and the rabbits are all free and this and that, I was like, ah, this is literally going down the rabbit hole. Cool. Double meaning. Great. Fantastic. Uh -huh. But I still didn't really get it because like <laughs> the thing is at that point, I think it would have played fine as, okay, let's assume she's getting, when she finds that secret room before she finds the escalator down, right? Because she mm -hmm. didn't know about that part of it. Um, though she should have because it was her who came up through it. Um, if there was one rabbit, it becomes the specific Alice in Wonderland, follow the white rabbit down the rabbit hole thing. Mm -hmm. And it would make sense because now that they've enacted their plan, right, they've eaten all the rabbits basically. And there's just kind of one stray, but there's still like a billion rabbits down there. Yeah. 
Um, so I went digging around the internet, and this one I tried to find as much of the things because I still have a lot of more notes. I don't know if we'll get them all. It'll be depending upon your interest in all of it. Okay. Um, I found one thing that I can't credit here. Apparently, Jordan Peele is terrified of rabbits in real life. I read something about him being scared of rabbits and finding scissors to be scary as well. Well, that's understandable, and that's kind of more of a unanimous, universal type of thing where, like, sure. where where scissors for some also, reason. Like, why? Like, I don't understand. Like, you put a little extra curve or weird ripple in the loop of the scissor, and somehow it's scarier. What they? I, I don't understand the the production design. Those scissors were terrifying. Oh, when they're like the actual shears, when they're yeah, serious shears. It's just the handles of them. I don't know. They, no, it's I know a what it is. Object. It's. In, I know it's what it is. It. Those are serious tailor shears, and they reminded you of the Phantom Thread. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! <laughs> Don't tie these movies together. Uh, too late. It's all right. It's no you longer untether, the worst movie un- I've ever seen. So you can under you can untether them if you want. Uh, <laughs> come on, I brought it back around. That's um, no, That's fair. Uh, I had wondered about that for a long time because it's such an evocative image with the scissors, right? I wondered if they were going to play into it, and I guess to a certain extent, thematically, it does make sense, right? Because it's untethering. What do you use to to break a tether between things? You you snip it with the scissor, sure. and. Furthermore, when we get the hands across America thing, she's cutting out one of those accordion things. Yep. And it's, okay, I get it. Like, there's a little bit more to this whole thing. Yeah, the only people that cut those things out are kids and psychos. <laughs> Which, technically, she kind of was a bit of both. both. Um, <laughs> what? She was both. Yeah, um, but I think beyond that, I think those two things are part of it. But I think, ultimately, you're, you kind of got it there, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. For whatever reason, big scissors are creepy. Because yes. I realized that as I was, like, in the run-up to watching this movie, the promotional material with the scissors were, like, so prominently placed. Like, what is it? What is our fascination with scissors? Because they end up in a weirdly in a lot of, I won't say horror movies per se, though that's part of it, but a lot of big things. It's like a, there's some aspect of it being kind of taboo or that it's used to correct something that's taboo. You know what I mean? Because the other one that I remember... I don't know why it had to be that specific thing, that specific weapon, but it's definitely a choice that they use that as a weapon. Do you remember Minority Report? Vaguely. I've seen that movie several times. So I'm actually, it's actually a very solid movie. Um, there's the first pre-crime that they stop before he and Tom Cruise's character ends up in trouble is a man who leaves his house, but has had the sneaking suspicions things are off. And he comes home and he finds his wife's cheating on him. And he's walking up the stairs with those serious shears. Yeah. There's something about killing someone or trying to kill someone with that sort of big scissors or shears thing that I don't know if it's that the thing itself is creepy or taboo itself or that it represents excising a taboo thing from your life. But that for there, for some reason that in the public image, that thing is like a that's a really evocative image. And I don't I don't exactly get it. Like, I feel like I'm I'm close, but I can't quite put my finger on it yeah it's it's very strange they just it raises a lot of questions it's just, yeah it's like why are they so uncomfortable to hold why are some of them really pointy <laughs> on the front why is it not pronounced schizer like all great lots questions. of questions and they it, it's but they you know what really why it's terrifying for me i to this day get creeped out by the character edward scissorhands you know i have seen like five minutes of that movie and it was weird i was like ah 
I'm in the middle of this movie. I don't need to watch this. Like, no, ever. No, you don't need to. It, it, and that character will continue to creep me out forever. And is it a is it a horror movie? No. I've never been sure. It's but not the supposed tone, to be. The tone didn't really seem like it for the five minutes I was watching. No, it's it's not. It's absolutely not. But it's a, the imagery is, it's Tim Burton at his creepiest. Like, it's, I don't like it. I don't, I, to this day, I don't, it makes me very uncomfortable. I don't know why. It's like one of those things where I know I'm, be, I'm irrationally afraid of it. But it yeah. makes, I do not want to watch it because it, it creeps creeps me the fuck out like i see a clip of it and i'm like it's also one of those things where for whatever reason i have to look at it i can't look away yeah <laughs> and like ah oh god it just it, i watched one earlier today i watched uh um cinema not cinema sins um honest, honest trailers. trailers i did an honest the tim it was honest trailers the tim burton movie honest trailer and it was like all of his movies and it was oh, really okay <laughs> yeah, that's smart i guess but uh it, it that there were clips of that and i was just like like when he every time he popped up on screen i was just like, why like i just go away like you i don't need this I don't need this in my No, I don't think anyone does. But uh, every time I, when I see Scissors, though, that's the first thing that comes to mind that makes me, it, it creeps me out. So I hate Scissors for that reason. Um, maybe Jordan feels the same. Well, I do know that he's afraid of rabbits. I so think weird. he said that because they have kind of like those beady eyes, he says they remind him of psychopaths for some reason. That's, that's fine. Um, that was like a whole aspect of it. Like there was a little bit more to that whole thought, yeah. but that's because, and I found actually there's like a whole thing to it. There's a oh, fuck. I can't remember the name of the song. I, I would remember it if I could find the freaking story. And I went and looked up before we got started and I couldn't find the same story I read yesterday. But there was in the opening scene of Get Out, there's when the the, the, the guy gets kidnapped in the cold opening. Mm -hmm. The song that's playing in the car also in some way, shape or form has something to do with rabbits, too. Huh. And it's like an Easter egg thing. You know what I mean? Nah, uh, sorry, I didn't even <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> to do it. I wouldn't have even noticed it if you didn't make that sound. Really um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my better ones. <laughs> and I I'm serious, like 50% of the time. Uh, I love I when you don't even know you're doing this. That's I don't. I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else were you going to say? It's an Easter egg. Like, you weren't going to say anything else. It just happened no. to work really well. Uh, I, you know, like that you said thing. early on, one rabbit, it would have been following the rabbit down the rabbit hole. All those rabbits, though, glitch in the Matrix. Something's not right. Maybe that's the reference. Full, full, full circle. Full, full circle, too. I was reading that that Matrix thing. I, you said you'd already read it today. The architect kind of looks like a rabbit. Well, also, the architect is the guy who does the explication. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's all there. It's all there. All right. So I want, I want to hear more. More of what's on this ridiculous list of people. I don't think I actually have anything. I'm going to quick check my list real quick i actually don't think i have any other let me double check murder scene outside the house to enhance stand no we talked about that <laughs> when oh, you find actually, out it's well, talking about that though because we were talking we kind of glanced on it a little bit but um the whole idea of his ability to, to pull off those horror tricks and specifically the one with the girl uh, or i guess both the girl i'm right in separate scenes being in the background and watching them yeah you know what scene actually did get me a little bit where it's just like oof was when the the daughter is running down the street. hundred oh, percent. And you she see her runs. go across the back of the screen, and I'm like, no. Yep. Yep. When also, okay, you know, people in these movies they do things that make you go, why are you doing that? Why are people so dumb? Why are you laying on the ground right now? Why are you checking under the car? Run away. Keep all just those keep things, moving. All those things, but even more so. The dude coming out and yelling at her. Yeah. She's clearly holding fucking scissors. Yeah. So like, you gotta assume, you don't have to assume that she's a crazy doppelganger, but you gotta assume that this crazy girl standing on top of your car in the middle of the, sh the street in the middle of the night 
holding huge fucking scissors, she might be willing to use them on you. Uh, he 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 was living for this moment of power and him. Sure, but the thing is, it's not like she was hiding the scissors and he didn't know, because then I'd give him the pass on this, if right? You, oh, she might as well be like, if girl. you come over here, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> when you're holding gigantic scissors that probably look doubly gigantic in her hands, because she's not like she was a particularly large human being, right? Right. Um, you gotta be willing to ask yourself, is she gonna use those scissors on me? Mm. Like, at least, you know, if you kick a tiger in the ass, you gotta have a plan to deal with the teeth, right? Like, you may think you're the big, tough dude who's gonna deal with this teenage yeah, girl. Grab a grab a trash can lid, right? Like, hold up a shield. Well, what I'm saying is, if you see the scissors, you may think you can overpower with a girl with those scissors. Okay. But the point is, identify the fact that she's holding a deadly weapon in her hand. Did the cops ever come? Sorry, no, never. Say- yeah. Never came. Which, admittedly, we understand why the down the line. Right? Although the thing is, you know, yes. Um, but the thing is, by because I, 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 while, while I was going on, the whole home invasion thing, I was like, man, this is the longest 15 minutes of my goddamn life. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, okay, you know what? That could be forgiven. Maybe it takes them 20 minutes to show up, even though they said 15, right? And this is before we know it's the scope of what's going on, right? Um, and by the time they get to the other house, and I'm like, man, cops still never fucking came. And then they turn on the TV. I was like, oh, that's why they still haven't come. But the thing is, both the things before they put the TV on, they, they call them again from the Tyler's. Mm-hmm house and now they're just on hold yeah and then they turn on the tv and find out and it's like okay that under- uh, that i can understand but they committed to making the call earlier and they said we'll have someone out there in 15 minutes that was a lot longer than 15 minutes <laughs> right. uh, that was ridiculous um, um so did you have anything else in there because i had no something things. something popped in my head for a second and it just it just ran away so oh no no i got it uh early on uh so if you want to get crazy that whole scene i love first off i love the delivery of that scene it's fantastic mm-hmm. uh when he gets in the house and he's pushing the door closed and they're like freaking out because they're trying to break the door when first off when the door gets pushed open and the back is taken out of his hand creepy motion in which the back gets taken out of hand it was it was well done it was very creepy yeah because i was like how and then when he gets kneecapped i'm like oh damn pretty early for that like you're yep. you, we have a whole movie ahead of us are you gonna limp the whole time and he sure did he committed to the bit spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he limps the rest of the movie. I think we're late for spoilers yeah. in this game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I was, I was, I, when when it happened, I was like, oh damn! I was like, I, I was like, sure. Oh, as he's dragging himself across the floor, I'm like, oh, I wasn't prepared for him not to be in the rest of this movie. But surely he's going to get killed now. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that too. I was like, oh, they're doing this thing where he gets killed off early, and we got to figure out with like the, the wife and the kid for the rest of the movie. Or like, it's gonna be one of those ones where someone gets picked off like every 20, 30 minutes from now on. You know, I mean, like, yeah. like well, one of the kids is gonna go down in half an hour and then another kid's gonna go down because she'll be her at the end you know even if it's one of those like they get dragged off and maybe she finds them at the end situation you know what i mean yeah yeah uh, it's, it's but but no his 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 tether got straight up turned into chop meat by that fucking boat engine yep. <laughs> oh my um, god one of the things that i didn't know if i should be scared or laugh is when he's trying to his doppelganger is trying to communicate <laughs> he's just Bruh! yeah like he's just, like growling at him like, and then, growling, and then he, he just needed yelping? and he needed the glasses to see <laughs> That was yeah. that was really funny. It's like, oh, you just can't see. This is actually kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was actually a nice little touch. Um, actually, another one of those things, where I, one of the few things that really did get my skin to crawl a little bit was when she puts her face against the glass table and it yeah. starts to crack. And I'm like, ooh, that could get ugly. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, creepy. And the, oh, I feel, oh, the other part of that whole scene, the home invasion scene, was when the, the door unlocks and she goes, hidden, like a hidden key or whatever it was. Of all the white people, <laughs> shit, is he's trying to break the door? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, okay, I do have to. Uh, I did have this one thought as I was watching this movie, especially and like it, it popped up a couple of times. My thought process during until the very end, where like I like hundred percent. There was just one specific sequence that I was like, "Yep, 
Uh, and this whole vibe that I've been getting. I've been wondering, does Jordan Peele like Alex Garland as much as I do? Mm. Did you get any Alex Garland vibes in this? Specifically Ex Machina and Annihilation? Oh, you mean weird, creepy shit happening? Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> more specific. Um, the whole escape thing at the end, when they're leaving up through the escalator, which, funny, I was reading stuff online after I seen the movie. Uh, just a funny Changes line. directions? Yes, who turned the direction? Who changed the direction to yeah. the fucking escalator? <laughs> that is a that is a thing that crossed my mind when I... It's one of those stupid. I, I love that I'm. I love movies, right? I love that I love movies. I love that one I analyze them and flip through them. Tiny, but when something like that happens, yeah, it just break. It's just my head. It, like it's almost as if like my brain like skips and it's just like slipping on a gear. And right? you're just like, like <laughs> yeah, it's like. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, when the specifically the way it is like right, she kills her, leaves her like like tied up to the thing. The two of them leave. It's like the imagery. It reminded me of um, I can't remember a girl's fucking name and ex machina. But when she's leaving at the yes. end, that was like it like reminded me of that scene. But even bigger than that. Right before that, that final fight, the combination of they bring back that trailer music redux mm. and they play it and they have this incredible choreography of the fight scene. Reminds me of the Annihilation scene where they bring back the trailer music yeah, and the, the two idea. of them are mirrored, right? But the difference was in that the mirroring motion keeps bringing them back together and together as they collide. And in this, it was like watching the mirror image of the mirror movement right. where each time the choreography spins them away from each other as it allows her like you know like there were two sides of the same coin and right. during that whole scene it reminded me of the end of Annihilation so much I, I thought that. it was super cool both scenes are really cool but, and then they add in the double like they double it and add the flashback to her dancing on stage right as a, as a teenager mm -hmm. and it all becomes intermingled all together it's really that when we said earlier the scene where the, the Tylers are getting murdered at their house that this the is the scene one. that I would put up against it is those are the two best scenes and I'm not sure which one That's ends fair. up winning for me but those both of them were incredible for what they were obviously very different types of scenes um, but both of them beautifully shot too especially the, the oh, fight yeah. scene in the underground that scene felt like it was going on forever just like the, the first time we watched Annihilation that scene at the end I thought it lasted for fucking half an hour and then I, when I rewatched it it was like oh this is like 90 seconds long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this one too it felt like it was like super long because all the oxygen gets sucked out of the room and you're just that's all you can focus on yeah and it's beautiful and haunting and terrifying all at the same time that's so funny that's no that, i i'm with you if that's up there the, the scene outside the house is so quick and perfect to me that that takes the number one slot but this is a close second yeah uh well, quick thing back to the escalator you've seen mall rats right that's I, the one that's the one that i'm most that's the kevin smith movie i'm like the, i have the most knowledge of i've seen it a few times like i can be conversational about most of that movie. So Kim and I, I we had just rewatched it recently. We were paying tribute after uh, seeing Captain Marvel, and we were watching it, and <laughs> so it was very fresh in my mind. But now every time I see an escalator, all I can think of is Mallrats. <laughs> that kid, Did he that, that kid is back on the escalator again. Not a year goes by, not a year <laughs> that I don't read about some kid getting mangled by some escalator. <laughs> All it took was one carrot, one parent. I don't care which one, but some parent. <laughs> I the best part about that. This is like one of those off-screen. This is one of the earlier examples that I I have that I could pull on of noticing like an off-screen thing happening that makes the movie for me. And that they're talking at one point during the movie, and you see the cops run by behind them and go, "There's a kid stuck in the escalator." <laughs> So good, so good. But anyway, anytime I see an escalator, it makes me chuckle. So it helped me get through those scenes. Yeah, I can, I can see that. <laughs> 
I have one last like big topic if you don't have anything else That's you want. it. Let's do it. Let's close the show out. Well, sorry, I'll call it one big one and one small one. Uh-huh. If I had to pick one theme of this movie, it's duality and the importance and intrigue of a duality. Okay. Obviously, literally doppelgangers. Duality. Boom. Done, right? Sure. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of ways more than I can list. I just honestly, when I was at this stage of writing my notes with this part, this is like where I cut off. I was like, I could put this, I, we could spend an hour just talking about that topic. Maybe less is more in this case because I think just saying it makes you thinking about those things. Yeah. And you don't need a like a really in-depth explication of those things at this point. But I, that was the one thing we were talking about earlier. Like it's hard to pin down one thing. That is the, the one thing that I can get out of this movie, but it's so broad as to almost be kind of reductive to even get into the fact that that's like a theme. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's not the theme. It's like a theme because there's a whole bunch of them. Um, but I just found it curious because there's a lot of different things. The thing we're talking about, the rabbit, there's a lot of other things where you're like, OK, does this mean this or that? And in some cases, it's maybe three or five or 15 different things it could represent. Right. Um, I again, going back to that idea of the central metaphor of what Get Out had. Right. This one, if it had a most central thing, I think it would be kind of a classism thing. Not a black versus white kind of the way Get Out was, but kind of a rich and powerful versus poor and unpowerful sure. type of thing. There's definitely a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And that is the unhealthy thing. competition also between the two husbands. Sure. Um, yeah. And there's so there's probably some capitalist themes in that too. Sure. Capitalist versus anti-capitalist, all that stuff. I don't really want to get into it because those mm-hmm. things are the things that are easy to pick out, yeah. I think. Um and in the duality is is obviously one of them too, but it's a bigger, broader one that more from start to finish covers it than something like that. Even though I, I do agree, you're absolutely correct that that's part of it. Um, and that's again one of these things where it's like there's a bunch of things where it's like mm, that's kind of this part of it, and that's kind of this part of it. And I think the like duality in class and basically like the thesis being to a certain extent that it's like nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not yeah. nature versus nurture. Cause it's, you got red who was actually Adelaide and you have Adelaide who was actually red and each of them had a taste of both lives and both of them made the best out of it. But in the end, neither of them ever fully was able to embody the other Yeah, because red becoming Adelaide she never really fits in as a real human being, right? Mm-hmm. And Red, who Adelaide, who became the Red that we see at the end of the movie, she is so clearly stands away from the rest of the other clones because she can talk for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she never quite got... She knew what she was missing so much so that that was why the one driving force was the not having because the others didn't get that they didn't have because that was the only existence that they knew. Right. Um, and I think all that stuff's interesting and all that, but again, it's one of those, it's like, it's too broad, I think. Sure. There, I think there's, there are so many underlying themes. Yes. So it's hard. Yeah. Well, one of them, one of the other things that, that that'll transition us into my final bit here was, Jeremiah eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was watching the movie, I listen. I was raised Catholic, so I know some stuff about the Bible, and I know this and that. But man, I could not quote chapter and verse to you. I surely could not. Sure. <laughs> 
So the second they show, showed it, he's clearly the type of writer-director who nothing, there's no wasted space. Everything is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I immediately wrote down on my phone that Bible verse because I was like, I want to look up what that means because I know this is going to be super important for the movie, but I don't have time to look it up right now because I feel like if I look away from the screen, I'm going to miss something. Um, so I looked it up after I was done. So this, I'm going to read the verse from the King James Bible. Okay. Therefore, did you look it up after you watched the movie? No. Okay. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape and though they shall cry unto me i will not hearken unto them mm-hmm. which is both again kind of broad but still to a certain extent there's a kernel of where all that goes um the one thing i actually the funny thing is that what that reminds me of is the scene from Watchmen, uh both book and movie where where he's where rorschach is um narrating right how he looks down upon the city and they're they'll scream up to me and i'll say no yeah um it's kind uh, of the same i thing. love that scene it's a paraphrasing of that verse i think right mm-hmm. um and you can see the elements of that i struggle to make the direct correlation right because she does say some things about god i wouldn't view this as a religious movie though there are religious aspects thematically in here right but that whole thing where like god put us down at the bottom and you at the top and all this stuff and we cried out for help and we basically had to make our own help you know what i mean because he didn't answer our call and all that stuff but this but i think i feel like this verse doesn't actually reflect the plight of the tether themselves yeah um and again this is one of those things where it's like she had that actually that's where you really really 100 percent should have realized there's no way she should have had any concept of god unless she had lived on the surface at some point mm. right yeah um that's so the point the fact that she knew that there was neglect from an entity on high should have been an indication sure um but ultimately that's a a good point yeah and i missed it at the time and i wouldn't have been able to i don't think it would have clicked for me until i knew what the verse was um and been able to make that association because there's just so many things that i couldn't process all of it i just couldn't yeah (laughs) um but i think actually it's when you look back at it it's reflective of that ultimately what this reverse was referring to wasn't the tethered it was the people on the surface Mm -hmm. that when the tethered come for their pound of flesh right the people who were living on the surface won't have a way to deal with it my brother made a good point he said when they showed the scene on the news and even when they were driving to the city you don't see any bodies on the ground in red jumpers Mm -hmm. they're the only ones who actually managed to kill any of their doubles i think at least that we see right that's what it that's what it seems like um so ultimately it's you know the people i guess that's a biblical thing right where it's like you know Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they'll inherit the earth, right? Yeah. Well, um, hang on. So you said that the only ones that kill that magical the doppelgangers, I do think that that is because it makes, it does make a little bit of sense because they were the only ones that were just out there on the mission to just go do the thing real quick and get it over with. Because Red was basking in it, like wanted to torture. Yes. The other ones were just, you know, they, they probably, they, they, they did what, what happened at the, the Tyler house. They just, purity of purpose. Yep. Ugh. It's creepy. That's creepy. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Right. So, uh, and actually, so, there's a good there's a, there's a uh, a good thing in here. Hang on a second. Um, cause, so I I ended up looking up when I look up that quote. There was a story that came up. Obviously, a lot of people were looking up this thing. So I'm going to do a little reading. This is from an article on on Esquire. Um, and it says in Jordan Peele's Us, Jeremiah 11:11 quietly explained the film's central meaning. This is written by Matt Miller. Mm. Um, so the first thing was they give you that Bible verse. I'm going to just be reading bits of it. Okay. So we have, there was, to give some context to the book of Jeremiah, um, they gave some context from Encyclopedia Britannica. During the reign of Josiah, after his call, Jeremiah preached to the people of Jerusalem 
and warn them against the sin of apostasy. Recalling the prophecies of the 8th century Israelite prophet Hosea, Jeremiah reproached the Judeans for playing harlot with other gods and urged them to repent. He prophesied that enemies from the north would be the instruments of Yahweh's judgment on the apostate lands, and Jerusalem would suffer the fate of a rejected prostitute. The idolatry and immorality of the Judeans would inevitably lead to their destruction. Because of the impending threat from the north, Jeremiah warned the people to flee from the wrath that was to come. So, that's a lot <laughs> to digest all at once, and I didn't mean to turn this into either a history lesson or a theological lesson. But the whole thing was prophesying the doom of people worshipping false idols, which is a thing, a theme that you see in a lot of stuff, even if you don't necessarily 100% read it. And it makes sense, too, because she says when she's giving the first story when she's sitting in the in the living room with them in the house during the first home invasion, she says, you were given warm, comfortable, cuddly toys, again, another rabbit, um, and I was given nothing to play with. You were given warm meals, and I was given cold, dead rabbit. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. Basically rebuking them for... And, and this was a, a pretty central theme, right? With the tethered, it's their time. It's their time up there now. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> sorry, I'll give you a Goonies reference to hold your attention. Um, as opposed to the people who lived not knowing about this underworld of people who were being oppressed, right? That they took for granted how good they had things. And that definitely fits with this Jeremiah thing, right? Sure. The worshiping wealth. And that's what you said to the point of the, the Tyler family just getting massacred so quickly, yep. surrounded by their, their beautiful things, right? That's totally a thing. Yeah. Uh, to, to go back real quick, though, on the duality thing that you brought up, which is pretty obvious. Uh, what I was, one of the things that I pictured, like, was playing around with in my head that I pictured it as was, like, um, the, like the psychological idea of, like, you, like, repressing dark moments, not dealing with things, pushing them down, and creating a powder keg. And then it eventually bursting and taking over your entire life. Like there's, I feel like there's some imagery there with with what's going on, like with these characters on screen. Oh, definitely. Where the fact that it's gone on so long that when they finally break free of their bondage underneath the ground, shit's brutal, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no negotiation. There's it's, no hey, it's we want some space in here. It's no, no, no. We're taking your shit. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. It's like I'm gonna kill you. Do some flips and then go hold hands in the river. Like. I, <laughs> It's nuts. Um, so I got a little more in here. Um, and this is back to, again, something you just said a couple of minutes ago mm -hmm. about the Tyler family, the purity of pr purpose, right? Where they go in and they murder the shit out of their, their people immediately. And this family not doing it. Like you said, they're kind of basking in it, like mm -hmm. feeling themselves a little bit. Even though us as a horror and the tethered were portrayed as vicious villains, not once did we see any of Red's family members try to actually kill their partner, their counterpart with serious intent. To me, it seemed more like they were playing with them until the very end, knowing very well that they themselves would have to be the ones to die in order to complete God's test. The link between them had to be broken somehow and thou shall not kill. Mm -hmm. This was from a, a theory that someone posted on Reddit. That's kind of cool. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So it had to do with, um, it sounds a bit like Adelaide's doppelganger, Red, believes she's being tested by God to lead uh -huh. the tethered from doom. And there is kind of that Moses thing, right? Where she's the one yeah. who's given a little bit more than the rest and she gets that purpose that she has to lead her own people out of bondage, right? There's that book of Exodus type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it coincides with the Jews in Babylon, which sounds familiar to the existence, exile of the tethered below ground um so yeah i just thought that those were some interesting things and there's more and more on this article you can go find it if you want not that hard to to find but those specific points referring to i feel like that fills in some of the cracks right that mm -hmm. some of what we're missing here 
I think it plugs those holes. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Some of them. Some of it, yeah. I don't 100% agree with it. And I think it's one of, not one of those either-ors. I think it's kind of like, again, the whole duality. It doesn't have to be any one thing. In fact, I don't think it can be any one thing or even yeah. a couple of... There are so many things at work here, and I'm sure we've missed a whole bunch of them. I know we have. Well, regardless, uh, this is the movie succeeded in that. One, I I liked watching it. I will probably rewatch it. We're going to continue to talk about it. It's going to come up. Yeah. Uh, not the same way that we talked about Get Out, probably like over and over again. But it'll come up again. Uh, it's it's just a, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's an overall good movie. This is a it's a it, it may be a big old plate of nachos, but it's a good movie. I'm I will say even though I don't think it necessarily succeeded at meeting all of its goals, the one goal that it 100 succeeded in is you're gonna think and talk about it. Yeah, for sure. A lot. Yeah, it's question question of which there are few answers, but there's questions. <laughs> Anything else? No, I think that's probably more. More than enough. Yeah, let's get us out of here. That's it for this week's episode of Flicks and the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have movies for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss on our show, you can send those requests to Flicks and the Six at spintune.com or tweet us at the spintune with the hashtag FLI6. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out.